from the land of mystery where dreams become reality always listening to stories from the past the present and the future this is back to your story I'm happy to be here. Thanks for me, bro. <laughs> no worries, man. Thank you so much uh, for coming on. I remember uh, just hitting you up and you're just fucking totally down for it. And like I was just sharing with you, uh, it's been really cool going through this experience, uh, reaching out to you know some really influential people in my life. I mean, I remember the first time uh, even kind of connecting with you was over the Bitcoin stuff and uh, <laughs> cryptocurrency. Yeah. And uh, you, you were just super chill. And uh, we, we did that class and it was just, uh, it was a great experience. But most importantly, it was, uh, you know, just kind of the way that you, you treated me. I, we barely even fucking knew each other and you were so open about it. It's, uh, it's a testament to your character. Hey, thank you, thank you. Well, I mean, you know, it's like all about your uh, vibe, and I feel like we vibed really well, and, you know, there was nothing nothing more to say than that. It was just the truth. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so what, what's been going on with you, man? We're, uh, you know, people listening for the first time, um, if they don't know much about you, um, where does uh, Dre originate from? Where, where, where did it all start? Well, um, I'm originally from a little town called uh, Yuba City in Northern California, uh, born and raised until I was about 20 years old and then slowly started making my way down uh, Southern California. Nice. So There we go. Nice. Uh, little you, town. <laughs> <laughs> little town, little town. Uh, time to fucking uh, break out. How old were you when you moved to SoCal? Um, I just like turned 21. Actually, no. No, I take that back because I was in, U- or I, was in uh, I, moved to, actually, I moved to Sacramento first where mm-hmm. I went to hair school and then um, I went to Orange County Excuse me. No, no, no. We drink a little white claws right now. So drink the claw. But uh, yeah, I moved down to uh, Orange County when I was about, I think it was like 22. All right, nice. So about 10, 11, almost 11 years ago now. Fucking hell, man. Getting old. Getting yeah, old. What are, you, what are you, 33, 34? 30, I'm turning 33 this year. Nice. Happy birthday. I just turned yeah, 33 thanks. myself, man. Nice. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's so crazy because like, I know we're not old, right? But we're, we're at this point in our life where we're not, we're not kids anymore. We're not young. And it's for me like... It's this realization of life, you know. We only have a finite amount of time, yep, and the, uh, clock's <laughs> the clock is ticking, and there's just a lot of shit to do. Um, so you said that you went to cosmetology school up in Sacramento. Yep, Federico's. Federico's, nice. Shout out Federico's. Adam, right? Yeah, yeah, nice, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's fucking cool. What What was the uh, influence behind it? Why did you get into hair school? Um, well, ever since I was like, you know, young. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Ever since I was young, um, with like, you know, being in like the emo screamo scene and, you know, punk rock and all that kind of stuff, like doing your hair and getting it done was always like kind of a, you know, you put on your clothes, it kind of completed your your whole like look. So ever since I was like five, you know, I'd always want to do my own hair in my, my, my bath, in my bathroom in the mirror and stuff like that. And then as I got a little older, I was able to like start coloring it and all that kind of stuff. And didn't really think much of it. I just thought of, you know, it was like something that like I like enjoyed doing. And then, um, you know, I was about 18 years old and once, you know, I would, it was really getting into tattoos and stuff like that. So I started working at a tattoo shop, um, in a little town next door to mine called Marysville. Nice. And, uh, 
I, I, it crossed my mind. Like I remember I was in hair. I was in, I was actually in a, an art class and this girl, I was like playing with her hair one day and she's like, you should go to hair school. And I was like, why the hell would I want to do that? She's like, well, you're really good with girls and like, da da da. And it's like, you know, it's like another art form. And I'm like, yeah, right. I don't like that didn't sound appealing to me at all. Yeah, so, yeah. but after working at the, um, you know, the tattoo shop for a while, I realized, you know, like, the only way I was going to be able to move out of my little city was to like do something else. And like yeah. college was like, not, no. not an option. It was, I, I kind of knew early on that like, there was nothing really there that, I mean, I didn't really want to be a doctor or a lawyer and everything else. I kind of felt like I probably could have learned for sure by other sources and stuff. So I was just like, you know what, maybe I should check out this hair thing. And then I kind of looked into it and, um, you know, I did, I'd done like one or two haircuts for like girls. And actually that's when I started actually doing hair was like helping girlfriends and Fuck yeah. like coloring their hair, like, you know, the blonde half on the bottom yes. or black and shit like that. Really like <laughs> it was that super fucking circa in. 2002 yes. like look. So I kind of got interested in doing it then. And then I don't know, just something just was like, you know, let's just check this out. I went there and you know, like a lot of things, it just kind of like all kind of fell into place. Cause like, you know, like working with my hands, that girl was right. I do like working like around girls and stuff For all sure. day. It's comfortable. I'm yeah. comfortable in that space. So it's like, fuck it. Let's just try this. That's so fucking cool, man. I mean, um, I, I remember growing up before I even ever got into the hair industry, it was like, I don't know. I always just thought it was a chick thing, you know? Uh, and once you start to just kind of put your ego aside and all the bullshit that you hear, the stereotypical stuff, um, you start to realize that the hair industry has so much more to offer than uh, just this one-sided view. I think that uh, just the, what people say from the outside. Yeah, you know? especially now more than ever. Oh my like, gosh, yeah. The industry just exploded and, you know, with the help of all the social media, yes, Instagram and Snapchat. And Absolutely. TikTok and all these other things. It's like, it's literally bigger than I ever expected it to be. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, what social media has brought, you know, for the creative industry, but for the hair industry especially, it's uh, it's been fantastic just to kind of watch. And I remember when it just started exploding. When I first got in the industry almost 10 years ago, um, it was just kind of this, this smaller thing, but then it just it was like a snowball. It just started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And with, you know, social media in general, you're able to connect with so many different people. Yeah, that was the one cool thing I realized over the time was like, you know, you get to meet all these people and you For never sure. would have like, I, I don't even know how people like in the eighties and nineties connected <laughs> the way that people now, I mean, there's so many people you can just learn from and do collabs with and, yes. you know, get, you know, do hosting classes at different places. And it's like, I feel like it's just getting exponential each year. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you, you, you kind of hit like a really good point. Um, looking back when you were younger, you're like, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to do this. So it's like, you know, fuck college. Like that's just not for me. And, um, that's just kind of like a big thing right now. And more and more people are starting to realize that it's like, unless you're going to go to school to become a doctor, a scientist, things of that nature, right? Um, why do you want to stack up all of this debt? I mean, what's your thought philosophy on that? I mean, yeah, it's kind of what I thought in the very beginning. I mean, when I was like 18, I remember sitting in econ class and it was like three months before we graduated and everybody was getting these packets in the mail, bringing them to school. And I was like, what the hell is this? And they're like, oh yeah, I would sign up for college. And I was like, oh shit, we were supposed to, we were supposed to do that. <laughs> and both my parents are teachers, but they never really like pushed me to do it. Yeah. And like, I don't know, I was just kind of always interested in just, you know, other stuff. Um, and like, I don't know, I think my parents knew I'd figure it out. And I, I saw like, I kind of, you know, I had an older brother and I saw that he was going to school and he kind of didn't really know what he wanted to do. And I was like, you know, I'm like 
so young. I mean, you could even be like in your mid twenties now yeah. and literally not like spend from the great day you graduate to 25, seven years and not literally do anything and yes. still start at 25 and you could still figure it out. Where Absolutely. It's never really too, too late. And, no. um, you know, I just, that's why I like going to college and stuff like that. Not, not, not to knock anybody that's like on that path, For but sure. there's just so many ways to learn stuff now. And, it's so much quicker too when you find a mentor Absolutely. or someone that you can really just engage with and like w learn their day to day and how they work and how, you know, and especially like actually one of my clients, he's actually a really good uh, social media uh, marketing like guru. He's like top guy in Forbes in like 2017. But he always nice. said like, why would you go to like a college to learn how to do social media and advertising from like a professor. Yes. If they don't know how to work like Instagram or Facebook <laughs> or they don't, you know what I mean? Like they don't, they're not actually doing it when you, yes. and then it's like, you could just go, you know, to someone like, not, well, you could go, you could go to his class or buy his class for like a thousand dollars. And yeah. you know, you look at his Instagram you're like, okay, he's got 3 million followers. He's selling millions of dollars of like content. So maybe this guy knows what he's doing rather than, opening a book and trying to like figure it out from somebody who has not really done it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Finding that mentor, finding someone that can, you know, pass down their knowledge, someone that you can work with side by side, um, even remotely. I mean, today's in today's day and age, you can do all of that, you know, via Skype and Zoom. Obviously it would be uh, a lot better to be with that individual. Um, you know, for me, I didn't get into the hair industry until I was 24 years old. I didn't get my license until I was 25. And it, this industry has brought me so much. It's what connected us. It's what's connected me with so many other people and it's changed my entire life. And I get to see all the people in front of me too, their lives changing. And uh, it, it's just, it's this industry that, you know, can take you down so many different rabbit holes, which is awesome. Um, you know, looking back at, at, at your life, when you were younger, did your parents, because you said your parents didn't um, like push you to go to college. Uh, that really wasn't a big thing in your family, especially with them both being teachers. I know that's what was, I, it still kind of puzzled me. Yeah. Um, I think it's just because like they saw that I was just kind of a little bit, I, I guess, creative in a way. And But I don't know, to this day, I, like I, I never, because I still ask them about that. And they didn't really have a definitive answer on why, because they just knew I was going to figure it out. I mean, I, and you know, it's like, so it's actually a topic I kind of wanted to bring up now that we're kind of just talking about my parents yeah. and stuff is that they were just really, really supportive. And actually, I think it's very interesting now how, you know, if there's parents out there listening and yeah. it's what I've learned is that the way that my parents helped me grow as a child and what they influenced me to do is what shaped me into the person I am. And, it, you know, I mean, in a, in, in a way such that I, I've been able to um, very work with other humans in a certain way. Uh, connect with certain people and just really build relationships and being aware of my surroundings and you just you know learning these these principles and values early on and through my parents is what's gotten me to like all the things that I have in my life today and it's yeah it's it's I don't know it's been insane how like I never thought like a lot of these things would happen especially you know everyone says the typical thing like I'm just a kid from a small town and making big things yes. happen blah, blah blah that kind of stuff but you know it's it just goes to show that like anybody can do it. And if, yeah, if you're, like I said, if you're a parent listening, it's like, you know, having your kids be in, you know, in involved in a lot of different things, finding out like what they like and what they don't like. Cause I did so many things as a kid growing up. I mean, from, you know, I remember my first job was actually like, uh, being like a soccer referee when I was like 13 or 14 Shit, years there old. We go. 
And then I worked on like, you know, motorcycles at like a Polaris like bike shop. And I worked at a tattoo shop and every, you know, Zoomies and PacSun. And, you know, I wanted to be a veterinarian and then do firefighting. (laughs) And, you know, I did all these different things. And it just like my parents were like, well, he didn't. Okay. These are all the things that he didn't like. So there's got to be something out there he's going to like. Yes. It's good to test out all these things. And they kind of just, you know, pushed me to do whatever was cool at the time for me to check out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I, I find that really... um fascinating because, uh, you know, I've had the privilege now once I started this podcast is really talking to people and finding out their stories, really getting back to their story. It's kind of the whole premise of this, uh, this podcast, back to your story. And some of the most influential, uh, people, um, let me, let me rephrase that. Uh, some of the people that are sitting exactly in your chair, um, the ones that have had parents, uh, that are one of the most influential people in their life. Um, it just fascinates me how they have been able to grow and prosper to the human beings that they are today. Um, you know, because there are a lot of parents out there and especially like for me growing up, you know, my dad led with an iron fist and it was like really pushy and demanding. And when you do that, especially, uh, to, to anyone, but especially when you're at a young age, um, instead of doing what your parents says, you fucking run and do the opposite. Right. Yep. And so I was a fuck off for a little kid, you know, <laughs> I was definitely a miss fit. And, um, and then, you know, sitting here hearing you and obviously you went through your shit and you've gone through, you know, a lot of stuff in your life, but your parents being supportive to the fact where they let you figure it out almost on your own. Um, but at the same time still guiding you, at least that's what it sounds like. Yeah. It, it, it definitely shows, um, today who you are almost 33 years old and at the point that you are in your life and to be able to hit, um, these goals and, 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 and succeed, um, as a, as an individual, an entrepreneur above all, it's just, it's fucking remarkable, man. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the folks, man. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely came down to them. I actually, I, I call them every day now and you know, it took a long time with you cause I know like, you know, you know, as I was younger, there are, you know, kind of like bumpers in like a, a bowling alley. And when you're younger, the the bowling alley isn't so wide. And as you get older and older, they get <laughs> you, you know, and then after a while, you, you, you kind of realize, especially when you get older enough and you kind of like look back and you're like, wow, they just, they were just like making sure I didn't hit gutter balls. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and that's, <laughs> I love that. that. <laughs> and I, I was like, that. damn. And that's why I like to actually talk to my parents like every single day now. And it, my patience with them has changed a lot. Cause I know I used as a kid, I was a little asshole. It was just like, of course, always trying to, you know, just get really frustrated with them, trying to tell me what to do, this and that. But you know, they're just looking after your best interests. Absolutely. And that's what a good parent does. Yeah. That for now sure. looking back on it, it's like all my friends having kids and stuff like that, you know, or have kids. I'm like, you know, do these things as my parents yes. did these things for me. And like, I turned out okay. <laughs> you, did, you did, man. Like straight the fuck up. You totally, totally um, did. So it's uh, it's 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 really fascinating to hear. Um, so you you went to cosmetology school. What was the next step after that? Um, yeah. So I finished, and then I worked in Sacramento for like six months, and then just quickly realized there too. I was like, I, I I've always been a quick to. Um, if I don't like something, I'm like, it's time to pull the ripcord and get out. Because right. the longer and longer you wait, it's just it's just harder to pull away. And it's just, you got to make that decision. You're like, if this doesn't feel right and it doesn't sit true in your heart, it's time to go. So I kind of had that feeling when I was in Sacramento because there wasn't a lot of culture of the things that I liked. I, there, I felt like there was more to discover. And yes. I was like, you know, I got I had been down to LA a couple of times and um, I watched... Uh, 
a lot of uh like not, not, i guess reality tv shows and shit like that so i was like oh man like orange county seems cool there's a lot of hot girls that hang out on the beach and there's like you know there's a lot of blondes and all this kind of stuff and do their hair and all this stuff so i was like man maybe we should go I wasn't quite ready to move to LA yet because I remember going and driving down Sunset Boulevard when I was like 18 and looking up at the buildings and being like, how am I ever going to meet? Like, so, like, how do you meet people here? Yeah. I didn't, I, you know, back then it's like on MySpace, but you yeah. know, it's like, where do you meet like a mentor or someone like that? Cause everyone, you know, it's, everyone's like kind of like in your same lane. There wasn't anybody that was like, all right, who, 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 and where do I start? Or, and you could start in like walking to random salons, but you know, they're exactly. like, you're just some kid. You're just like any other kid that's like walked off the street, try to get a job here. You got to have some sort of introduction. Yes. So I'd gotten like um, it kind of like a, some sort of introduction when I moved to Orange County and I started there in a salon, um, a couple of different ones. But then I, I started working at this one called uh, Salon Gregory's okay. in Newport Beach. And that was really cool. You know, figured out some experience, worked there for like about a year. And then once again, just kind of kind of got this uh feeling of wanting more and that's when i kind of geared up and i'd met some relationships in la and i was like all right maybe i should try this city out and then you know Damn. if you're going there yeah you just feel comfortable yes it's it was really natural um to go there i mean it's not for everyone but you, it's definitely like good to like just experiment and just yes. get your your feet wet and different and so many different things because the more like i said it's the more stuff you try you figure out what you don't like and then it, it helps you find that lane of the things you that you do like and if you try a lot of stuff quickly early on in life, you can start on that thing that you love way earlier Absolutely. and put more time into it. And, you know, but everyone, you know, everyone's got their different speeds. Everyone tries different things. And, you know, I feel like I got a, a, like somewhat lucky to have like kind of figured out that I, what I really love to do was doing hair um, kind of early on. But, you know, like I said, it was just like I tried a lot of different things. Yeah, man. Trial, trial by error, man. Trial by fire. At the end of the day, man, you have to be able to, you have to be willing to try. You know, you have to be willing to put yourself out there. Uh, and, being, yeah. and being open-minded to everything. Yes. Like, I was, that's actually an issue that I kind of have whenever I go back home. I kind of just look around and like, you know, I, I, have, I have a lot of friends that moved away and did a lot of stuff. But, you know, there's like a lot of people that I, you know, went to high school with or just old friends and, it, it's like the thought process is like they're not necessarily open-minded to things and, and i'm not sure if that's that's just just the way that they are designed and whatnot but it's like if you really want to do something or find your purpose and like really make a difference and if that's like your true calling or if you enjoy you know helping other people too yeah. like it's it's really important to see both sides of the coin and of be able to like really understand those things because that's actually what's helped me get to a lot of things you know i'm really i really try to stay adaptive and try to put myself in everyone else's shoes to understand what they're going through what they need and like how we can all improve together oh for sure absolutely i you know we we live in this culture now where it's like kind of like one way or the other it's like black or white and in life that's not how things really are man you have to be open-minded you do have to be able to see both sides of the coin just like you said um you have to be able to adapt and and that allows you to grow and take these uh you know chances so that you can get to these next levels within um your own life um lo looking back when you were starting out what was some of the like the best networking tactics that you used was it just going out to meetings was it uh <laughs> hitting people up on fucking myspace dude I mean <laughs> honestly um i kind of like I, yeah that was the thing is i i remember like being in high school and stuff like that too or even being young i was just i enjoyed being everyone's friend you know that that was okay that was a there was like a values that my parents had taught me when i was a kid it's 
um, treat everyone the way that you want to be treated. Boom. So I was like, okay, so if I treat everyone like like they're a king or a queen, yeah. then I'll get that back. Fuck yes. That's not necessarily true with everything. No, no, no. But, 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 but yeah. you do well find people out there, friends, and that's where you kind of start figuring out who's in your top eight, if yes. you will. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, figuring out these people that are your friends because, you know, sometimes everyone has friends, but they're not like, sometimes you don't realize that the friends that you might may or may have, may or may not have could be just the toxic ones. Yeah. And the ones that aren't going to be looking out for you, the ones that aren't going to push you um, to the next level. Um, so kind of back to, sorry, I got a little off. No, it's dog, fine, it's fine. Is, you know, I, I, I kind of just realized I, I like being friends with everyone. I was going to high school, I was friends with, everybody on the soccer team, everybody on the football team, and then all the cheerleaders, and then, you know, the people that like, like all like the anime stuff or science can, and, you know, I just kind of had relationships with everyone. Cause I was like, you know what? Like, it's good to be friends with everybody. And, yes. you know, that's kind of where I was able to, you know, have like a wide, I would say in that beginning, it was like a network of like friends. So, you know, I'd always had different things to be involved in, not just, you know, oh, I don't like those people because of this. It's then that's kind of like a, you know, not saying it's not a very positive way to think. You, yes, you get a better way to think is maybe like, what do I like about them? I don't like everything about them, but there's some some common ground that maybe you know I can help them and they can help me and we can help each other. And that's Fuck you know, yeah. it's you know, that's how a lot of like the biggest word that everyone in the hair industry knows about right now is collaboration. Yes, yes. So it's you know whether you're hair cutter or hair colorist and all that kind of stuff, it's like you're working together with the people. And I sure. kind of had that mentality early on. But um, so yeah, when I moved out of well, uh, out of uh, Yuba City where I, I grew up. You know, MySpace was like a big thing because, you know, everybody in MySpace and, you know, I just randomly just was like, okay, that person's cool. And then start chatting <laughs> them up and you know, that person's cool. And then, you know, I kind of was like, okay, well, I want to move down to Orange County and LA and stuff like that. So maybe I start adding some random people that live in those areas that are like, nice. okay, that person looks pretty cool. Let's see if they like the same things I do. And then, you know, that's kind of like the age of when you met people online. And yes. I was like, all right, might as well take advantage of this. It's right in front of me. And then I actually met um, a handful of people through social media, like back then in MySpace and was had a lot of friends um, that I met in LA and Orange County. And I would just be like, yo, like I'm driving down in my car. I don't have money for a hotel. Can I like sleep on your couch or your Fuck floor? Yeah. <laughs> so I met like a couple of random girls sometimes and a couple of random dudes and, you know, built relationships and, you know, we'd have a great time. I'd bring up some booze and we'd yes. be like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, dude, thank you so much. You know, like, and you know, I just, brought positive vibes with me. It wasn't like anything. It was like more so like, and they, and they knew they were helping me out. Um, and I think, you know, I talked to some of them nowadays. I mean, that was like almost 14 years ago, but you know, it, and it kind of just grew from there and there. And then, you know, Facebook came out and same thing. It's just, you kind of like look at the things that you enjoy to do and see how you can, the word network for sure with other people. And, you know, it's like, what can you bring? And that was the thing is I, I could be like, okay, I can bring this to the table. And then, you know, like, how can we work together? And then that's sure. kind of how it just grew. Yeah, yeah, man. I love that. You know, really just being <laughs> open-minded and reaching out to people. Because uh, you don't get it. You don't get it if you don't ask. Absolutely. And that, what do you have to lose? Fuck yeah. That's exactly it, right? Um, I was talking about this yesterday. Um, uh, Gary V wrote that book, uh, Jab, Jab, Jab you know, right hook or punch or whatever the fuck it is, right? It's like, you know, give, 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 and then ask. And, yeah. and, and to be able to just, you know, 
create these friendships, which then allowed you to then, you know, kind of piggyback off of that. That's how you, you networked. It wasn't like going to like these, you know, formal meetings and things like that. It was just to reaching out to people, party events, and, and then it just kind of grew to where you're at today. Well, a lot of steps, obviously, yeah. <laughs> but um, and we'll definitely get to that. Um, growing up in a small city, growing up in a small town, did you always know that you wanted to get the fuck out? Um, I think eventually, yeah, because like I remember, and that was the thing too, is like I, I, I think I learned early on. Um, I remember just growing up and thinking like, you know, this world's big. You watch it on TV, and that's kind of yeah. what influenced me a lot was dreaming and learning how to dream and watching movies and watching the reality shows and be like, okay, yeah. that those people live there and they have that life. Like their parents had to get there somehow. So I'm like, well, I could be a parent one day, and I gotta yes. go there. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like it wasn't obtainable. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily unattainable, and um, you know it was kind of weird because I, I, you know, uh, everyone thinks, oh, I'm from a small town, I can't do big things, or I don't know the right people, this yeah. or that. But I'm like, you just gotta try, you know. You and I, I, you know, even the first time I ever came down to L.A. before I met a lot of people, I slept in my car for like two weeks there just we because it was just convenient. Um, it was free, yes. and I didn't really know anybody yet, and I was, you know, I was going to like different rock shows, and I, I mean, I, I. I kind of am um, like, a, like a lone wolf, so I could go to a show by myself and feel completely comfortable there and just like, you know, you know, you, you hey, mister, some booze, and you get drunk, and you just kind of like let things loose. And, yes. You know, just start networking, just talking to people and spark up conversations, and, you know, you either you vibe with some people or you don't, and then it's just like whatever, and then there's 3,000 people at the show. For it's sure. like you're going to make friends with somebody. Absolutely. Um, and that was the thing too, like even going to raves when I was like, you know, 19, 20 years old Fuck in San yeah. Francisco, I'd go with one other buddy and there'd be times that we'd look at each other and be like, man, like let's just like go by ourselves and I'll meet mm. back here in three hours. And we're like, all right, cool. Fuck yeah. And you just go around and you're like bouncing <laughs> around. And it, it, I think if you were like showing that you were like independent and had a good time, you'd kind of just created this you weird do. energy to, to people like gravitating towards you. Especially yes. if you're just like in your element and you're dancing and, you know, it was just kind of cool to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, for sure. No, 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 no. But that's, that's fantastic because, you know, um, not a lot of people out there would feel comfortable enough to go to a rave or, or, or a concert um, by themselves, you know. So, you know, you being the lone wolf really shows, you know, and people do gravitate towards energy. There is really something about this, this energy that we uh, that we put out as individuals, you know. That's why we can walk into a room and we can feel that energy of that individual if they're in a good mood, they're in a bad mood, um, whatever whatever it is, without even having to say anything. Yeah. So when you go to these, uh, when you go when you're to go to these events and you know you go by yourself you go with someone you split up and you have that positive vibe out and you put it out there people just gravitate towards it man and you know i kind of go back to that story of uh you know me hitting you up about the cryptocurrency you didn't know me from fucking shit dude (laughs) we barely knew each other but we had a common interest but we did we did we had a common interest and you opened up your doors um and and i just i remember that so uh kudos to you and thank you very much yeah it was fun it was cool (laughs) for sure still holding (laughs) for sure hodl bitch um so i you you left salon gregory right yeah. Um, and then you came down to Los Angeles. Now, do you remember the moment when you actually moved to LA? Like what that felt like? Was it like, fuck yes, I made yeah, it? Or? It, was, it was honestly a trip because I, I remember like I'd met this dude. Um, I got, I'd gotten a job as a retail store before I started working at that salon. Well, I worked at both spots at the same time. And um, 
you know, the owners of that store were really cool guys and they had a big network. And I, you know, that was, they were kind of like my mentors. They were teaching me about fashion. They were teaching me and I was learning from all the, the vendors and all the guys that ran all these brands and, you know, just talk to these dudes. And it's, it, that's how you level up. That's how you grow. And if you're busy doing other stuff, that's like, if you, and you sit there and you're like asking yourself, like, I'll never have this or why don't I have this? It's because you're, you have to like make sure that your thought process is in line with what your intentions are. And it's yeah. like, if you want to have, you know, I, back then it was like, man, I just want to get hooked up with free clothes. So then it's like, okay, cool. Make friends with the, the, the managers yeah. and the vendors of these guys coming in and bring all the clothes. And they're like, okay. And then, you know, the owners of the, of our shop would be like, you know, uh, what do you think we should buy? And I'm like, dude, we got to buy that. We got to buy this. Like, <laughs> that's sick. And then these guys are like, wow, these, these, these kids like have some good taste and you know, sure. built relationships with the the owners. And you know, then they're like, oh yeah, do you, they, Hey, Dre, we know this dude in LA named uh, Jerry. Uh, he owns his salon and, he, you know, you do your hair too. And he's like, he, he could probably, you guys should meet somehow. And Fuck I was yeah. like, that'd be dope. So I hit him up on Facebook and I was like, yo, like, I'd love to come check up at your shop. And it, uh, it was this shop called uh, Barracuda on Melrose, uh, like Melrose and Fairfax. Okay. And I drove up there. Um, like, I forgot what it was like one, just like one day I drove up there, met the dude for like 30 minutes and. You know, I felt like I was just really like always hungry and yes. I, I'd already kind of felt like I'd just finished up what I had to do in Orange County. There wasn't really much left for me to do. Once again, I was still searching for more creative people and fashion and stuff like that. And just, you know, Orange County was fun and I learned a lot there, but I just felt like it was it was kind of holding me back from figuring out what else could be out there in the world. Fuck yeah. I get so it. I met this dude and, you know, within 30 minutes, he's like, all right, come back every Wednesday, Friday and Mondays. And I'm like, all right, cool. Holy shit. So then I would start driving back and forth. And that was, dude, I was like an hour, hour and a half, depending on the, the time of the day from, you know, from uh, Orange County. And you know, it's like, you know, I was driving this beat up Honda Civic that I had driven for like, you know, fuck, like I, said, I had it for like seven or eight years. But, um, you know, I was just, it was like the same thing. I'm like, man, I hope my, my cars would fall apart, this, that. Yeah. But you know, I just had to do it. I woke up early, and I and I and I knew I was onto something big because I was like traveling from Orange County to LA, three nights a week or three days a week, and spending ten hours there, and then driving home and getting home at like ten o'clock. And you know, I was just pushing my pushing it. You know, and I was making like dog shit. I was making like thirty dollars a day, <laughs> but I didn't care because I I knew that when I was working for my boss and washing out all of his clients, I'm like, I'm like, that guy's that DJ, that guy's, you know, owns this, that guy, like they're all dope people. And I'm yes. like, these are the type of people that I want to like work on. These are the type of people I, I know I need to learn from. Um, but then, uh, yeah, I did that for like six months. And then one day he's like, dude, we're moving into this house in the Hills with like six people. Uh, do you want to be the sixth? What and I was the like, fuck? uh, sure like how much is rent rent was like you know like i think like 30 percent more than what i was paying and okay. i was already you know i was like damn i don't know how i'm gonna afford this <laughs> like it was it was kind of like kind of scary but i was like dude like you just got to figure Fucking it out it. you just got to take jump take the leap because like on the other side of fear is bliss yes and i knew that day that like i said yeah and like you know i sold a bunch of shit and then moved up there and i actually had the it, it was kind of like it was probably the most like crazy like you said that, that feeling it was probably yeah. the craziest feeling moving up there when i was like it was, i remember i moved up there in june and my birthday was like a couple months after that when i moved up there right in the middle of summer and our house was this like four level house it was like an older house but it was like four levels six bedrooms had a olympic size pool Fuck on the yeah. top floor in my oh, bedroom shit. was the pool room overlooking the pool overlooking the entire valley 
It was unreal. Yeah. Like I had friends coming up from Orange County been like, <laughs> dude, this is where you fucking live now. <laughs> I couldn't it. even believe it. You know what I was? I was, it was literally like the most surreal thing ever. I was like, this is, it, it didn't feel real. It yeah. was like a joke. Like, you know, I'd wake up and I had these two like huge sliding glass windows that opened up to the pool and I would just wake up every morning, dive in the pool and then be like, all right, well, uh, guess I'll, <laughs> guess I'll go to work now. And that feeling of the first couple of times was like when I would, the route that I would take would go down like, uh, cause it was off Barham, like near Universal Studios. And I would go down uh, the 101 and then I would, you know, I could take it all the way down to Melrose, but I just, just did, you know, cause I was just like, oh my God, I live in Hollywood Fuck now. Yeah. I would drive down Hollywood Boulevard every single day. It took me an extra 15 minutes, but I'm just sitting there looking just up at like yeah. Hollywood Boulevard looking, oh, there's the Chinese theater, you know, there's Rosemary <laughs> Hotel, you know, and just like, I'm like, dude, how is this? And then I drove like, you know, it takes like 15, yes. 20 minutes to get to work. And I was just like, this is and it's like 22 years old. Like I had like a job, I had a place to stay. Like it was the most like unbelievable thing that I've ever could have happened. And it was like one of the best decisions I ever did. Cause yes. now, you know, 10 years later, it's, I'm still living in a quarter mile of where I started. Fuck and I don't man. have like any, it's just, Actually, one of my friends always said, she's like, yeah, she's like, it felt like really comfortable once I got there. And she's like, man, you wear like LA, like a comfy t-shirt. Yeah, I love that. And I was I like, love that. I, yeah, it was weird. But like, I guess she was right. But, um, you know, sure. it just kind of fits my personality. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, LA definitely fits your personality. At 22 years old, taking that leap, making that decision, um, it's it would be very, very difficult for most people to even uh, fathom, right? But and I have just yeah, I see dude. I see the look on your face right now. It's like oh shit, and and even like reflecting back on that time, and I mean just 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 even imagine if you did not make that decision, where your life would be. I mean I'm sure you'd be doing something very successful either way, but this this point in your life really um, you know starts to define who Dre is uh, today at almost 33 years old. You know it's it's uh, it's it's incredible. So at 22 years old, you move into this fucking house in the hills. What was that experience like? Did you guys throw big parties? Dude, I or? mean, like, yeah. I mean, I moved in the house with like these five other kids that were all, I was like 22. Everybody was like 28, 29 years old. Mm -hmm. And they'd been living in LA since they were like 21, 22. So they were already dialed. So I'll, I moved in this house with all these veterans. You know what I mean? Fuck Everybody yeah. else had like five other people had their networks of like, you know, everybody they already known in the city, you know, we had fashion designers and other hairdressers and, you know, music producers and this girl was an interior designer and another, um, this, one of my, my roommates was like, um, wardrobe style. I forgot who he was doing, but he was doing a lot of celebrities. I mean, he'd, you know, drive, he's matte black Range Rover Fuck dripping yeah. in Rick Owens. This was like, you know, eight, nine years ago. And yeah. I was just like, you know, he just had, looked like he had it made. I was like, damn, this is crazy. And these are my roommates. These are like my older brothers and stuff. And they would just be like, Every single night, since there were so many people that lived there, and LA is obviously notorious for like, there's something to do every single night of the week. So it could be like Monday, get home from work around seven or eight or whatever. There's four people in the kitchen, like pre-drinking. Oh yeah, we're gonna go to this art show. <laughs> we're gonna go to this store opening. Oh, my friend's doing this thing, or my friend's doing this thing at this bar. So it's like every single night, there was anywhere between five and 10 people always congregating at our house. And then the weekend would come and, you know, we'd set up DJ decks next to this pool and every yeah. cool DJ would come over because we had the sickest pool and my friends had such a huge network of people. So like it just never stopped. And I mean, and that was like kind of like another thing I realized, um, you know, is when you meet a lot of people in that party world uh -huh. and like, I mean, that's not for everyone, but I would say 
what that's kind of what you know escalated me very quickly to the network of people that I met because whether whether you party or not, everyone goes to a party at a certain time. Yeah. And I enjoyed, you know, that whole that whole flashy, like, you know, like it was like a production. You go to a nightclub, you walk in, it's like you go to this person's table and there's all these girls and it was just the lights and music and all this oh, stuff yeah. going on and it was like a movie. For sure. And it was just like almost addicting to do that all the time because you're like, wow, this is just such a like a fabulous, like unbelievable life. This is the shit you see in the movies, Absolutely. but it's like happening down the street every <laughs> single night of the week. So I'm like... 22 i'm like what else would i be doing you know what i mean so, no it's it's just so fucking cool man i mean how's a trip dude I, I, it still blows my mind like actually it's funny that we're talking about this because i'm like i'm like thinking back all these nights and just like you know we and that's the thing it was like we had so many people at the house that we'd party all the time but um you know in that time period i was able to meet yeah. hundreds and hundreds of people i mean like now even when i look at my instagram um, I look at it and I see like, you know, there's, you know, sometimes I'll get between like 12 and 1500 people viewing my story. Yeah. And I look back and I'll scroll through and I'm like, dude, I know like 60 or 70, 70% uh, of the yeah. people in this, I met them at one point or another in another country. I've worked with them. We've, you know, had a heart to heart one night in Paris or something like that, <laughs> you know, but they're, you know, we still talk and this and that. And it's like really crazy to see like these physical connections I've yeah. made with these people over like the last 10 years all around the world. Um, and that's what's built such a, a foundation into, you know, and that's the thing too, even with my career, like there's a lot of people that be like, Hey, I sent my friend to you and I don't even do that person's hair. They're like, Oh yeah. Then they would just tell their friend, Oh yeah, Dre does my hair. Like they would, they're like, yeah, like they would just love to say that they did. Of course. And then, you know, they get all these recommendations and now it's like, you know, I've built that network where people just kind of like, are like, Oh yeah, my friend said to come to you. And like, I cut their hair like one time, like six years ago. And then. You know, most people just want to, that's the thing too, is like in the hair industry, people don't necessarily want to cheat on their person they've of been course. going to five years yeah. until that person is not available or something like that. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. But it's all good, but it, it's just funny how those people always like recommended me and just like kind of always thought of me to do that. And it's like, you know, it's building those friendship relationships because yeah. especially now building a career or uh, building a clientele, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot different. And I actually had a conversation with oh, one of the hairdressers um, because back in the day when I first worked at that Melrose shop, yeah. It was, you know, before this was before Instagram. It wasn't Instagram wasn't popping. We you didn't really take pictures and put them up on your MySpace no, or Facebook or anything like that. Like maybe ever so often, but other than that, you'd meet clients at, at events. You meet of people course. in physical form, yeah. Or you'd walk up and down Melrose and try to spark up a conversation, yep. like with um, what do you call it? retail experience? You yes. know, icebreakers. You, people come, you, come, people come in your store, and you're like, "Dude, cool shirt, blah blah." <laughs> elevator pitch, right? Yeah. So you'd see people walking up and down Melrose, and that guy looks pretty cool. Let me cut his hair, and oh, you have a client, you have a thing already. But so you just kind of have to like yeah, persuade them to come in course. and like, cut their hair. I'll do it for free. Such a different uh, atmosphere. I, I I remember even just starting out um, as uh, as an assistant, and we had to bring in models every single Wednesday. And I, at first, I'm like, "What the fuck? I don't even live out here. Like, Studio City is 30 minutes, 40." minutes away from how the fuck am I going to do this right and Instagram was like just starting to take off but like I could barely fucking do hair at that point and they're like just go talk to people just go talk to people and I'm like uh all right fuck it and so that's exactly what I did I walked up and down up and down I'll, I'll do your hair for free I'll do your hair for free and then it allowed me to really build a clientele and you know and do all that but now it's so different looking at um how it was back in the day to now someone starting out what would you say to them like what's the best way to do it I think, I mean, learning back to basics is always good. I yeah. mean, it definitely, because that's the thing too, but actually I had a conversation with one of the uh, hairstylists where I work now. 
And um, the dynamic now is a lot of people are meeting off the internet. Yes. They're meeting off Instagram. You can build, I mean, if, you know, you could build a big Instagram following and just from that, you could be like, okay, come and see me. But what, should, what their people are missing now is they're not learning the social skills yeah. of a, a, like an actual conversation with somebody at Trader Joe's. So when that person comes in and they meet them for the first time, not every time, but I've just seen it, you know, in the last few years is that their social skills aren't quite up to up to par where that person might not come back. Exactly. They're, they haven't honed in on having that communication. Because if you're an intro or an extra or an introvert as a hairstylist, yeah. good luck. <laughs> it's really hard. It's I fucking mean, tough, man. Unless like you're so damn good that you're like, that's what your, your shtick is then you got to be able, because if you're going to work on somebody for an hour, two hours, or Dude, three hours for a color so correction important. or something, like if your conversation is boring and you're, that person's just like, you, you don't have anything to say. That energy, man. You, you're not going to be able to like retain that person. Of they want to go, like I have a lot of clients that, I'd say about 50% of my clients come in just to like talk, hang out and like, get feedback off of like, mm-hmm. people are like, so what's going on Dre's world these days? Yes. Or like, you know, like a lot of them will help me. And then like the other day, actually, I had this dude, he was like, you know, he always gives me insight on like, cause he's a really, really successful guy. And um, he always gives me insight on how to grow my business and do this and try that. Nice. And then the first time I was able to help him, he's like, dude, so like, I got to ask you some stuff about your girlfriend. <laughs> like, or like, how do, he's like, cause he's, he's, I'm having issues with my girlfriend. And it was like the first time in like seven or eight Holy years where he like, shit. he asked me, you know, cause he'd seen my relationship kind of how things were going down in the last couple of years. And, He's like, what should I do? And then I was like, wow, I get it. I, I got some yes, feedback for you now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it it was kind of cool, but um, you know, just being able to have those conversations with your clients because otherwise, I mean, otherwise you you got to be a Picasso on yes. behind the chair. Which I mean, I'm you know, everyone's very talented, but I mean, especially now since Instagram has shed light on those who are the cream of the crop. Yeah, there's you know, handfuls of people that there's a lot of other, a lot of the industry that looks at them as the trendsetters, as For the sure. ones that are creating these new like techniques and new styles and new, all these things that like in, if you're striving to be that person, yeah, you got a long, a long way to go. Cause now we've seen all of them. And it's like, yes, to, to just to start in the air industry, no offensivities in hair school right now. And that's listening <laughs> this, but if you're starting in the hair industry right now and you're not like, like to get up to 200,000 followers or 300,000 followers to get sponsored, to create all these things, that boat's kind of missed. Yeah. It's I mean, it's harder. possible, of course, but it is way, way harder. If you want a little tip, start on TikTok. There now, we go. Right there now. There we go. Because that's the only <laughs> thing, but still, that's only going to, you know, that's going to get you, you know, social media famous and this and that, but that doesn't mean it's going to put you clients in the chat. No, no. And those social skills, man, it's it's so important. Uh, real quick about TikTok. I remember I was doing this chick's hair uh, for a photo shoot like three years ago, maybe two years ago. Um, and, and she was telling me, she goes, you got to get on TikTok. You got to get on TikTok. And I was like, I'm fucking stupid. I'm like, fuck that. Right. And now TikTok. <laughs> TikTok's like the biggest thing. And, and it's just so funny, right, to, to, to hear uh, the, the evolution of it. But 
getting to the point, it is the social skills, right? You can be fucking awesome online, right? You can be awesome, right? But once that person sits in your chair, that whole dynamic changes and people feel your energy because they're not just with you for a minute or two. You are there an hour, two hours, three hours, depending on what you're doing. And so you have to be able to have those social skills. And um, if you don't, you got to practice. And, uh, you know, (laughs) that's a whole nother conversation. Um, But uh, to kind of get back to the story, uh, you know, you, you went through that house um how long were you living there for i only actually lived there for like a year okay and then um you know had a little bit of a following out with uh my boss at the time okay but i mean we're all good now actually i actually uh ran into him when i was in bali about a month ago fucking bali man yeah it was so random <laughs> he, he's been he was believe living out there for a while so we ended up reconnecting and you know everything's all good it's under the bridge now but yeah i lived there for about a year and um you know i was going through these transitions because like once again i was like trying to grow and figuring out more things. And, you know, I think at the time, um, what we were doing that was really popular, um, in which he kind of like, in, like, uh, kind of got me on into the thing, into it was, uh, we did these things called pop-ups, okay. like pop-up salons. And this was 10 years ago when there was no MySpace or there was no, sorry, there was no Instagram. There was nothing like Facebook yeah. was like only been out for a couple of years. And, uh, we would go to locations and we would do hair. And not just like, I don't know, not just like random locations. I mean, we were going to like Vegas for this trade, like clothing trade shows called Project and Agenda, Capsule nice. and Liberty and all these these huge trade shows where there's like literally like a thousand vendors, like everything from John Barbados to Guest to all the streetwear brands you could ever imagine. They Fuck all set yeah. up their booths and then there's me and two other dudes and a girl, Barracuda Hair. In Fuck front of yeah. thousands of people, thousands of vendors, thousands of, so we were just like sitting there doing, I was doing like, I mean, 15, 20 haircuts a day Fuck yeah. and, you know, just busting through them real quick. And it's like, Oh, you work for John Marvesis? Yeah. Like, they're like, yeah, cool. Come by the booth. I'll give you a shirt. And then you just go this dude. Oh yeah. Cool. Come by. We'll, you know, hook you up with some clothes and you'd walk out of there. And I'm like, dude, I spent like, <laughs> spent a weekend there and, you know, I met like 50, 60 people, got a bunch of clothes. And I was like, wow, this is insane. Like, fuck yeah. So we would do these clothing ones. Um, we also did some in LA. Um, called uh, ASR um, Agenda. And then, um, you know, because of the party thing and music and all that kind of stuff, we would go out to uh, Ultra, uh, Ultra nice. Music Festival in Miami. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. back in like 2011, the first time we yep. did it. We had, we, my, I was my, there. Dude, my boss rented this house on one of the islands. We spent like 10 grand, Red Bull, oh, like help uh, sponsor it. Scion Cars sponsored it in like, you know, it was, it, it, what it was, it was a gifting suite for all the Shut DJs. the fuck up, smart. So we had like Diplo, Skrillex, Rusco, fuck pretty much yes. every dude that was playing Ultra come yeah. through the house and we're like, yo, we want a haircut, get some clothes, hang out, all this stuff. And this is like, like I said, pre-Instagram, so like like this, all this content and stuff. Oh that's my God. Like all this content's like a wash. It's like <laughs> I was shit. doing this stuff so long ago that now when there's all these like, you know, everyone's doing these things now, yes. it kind of makes me laugh because I'm just like, damn, I did all this shit. Like, and before. Before, and it, but it, what, it, what it was, it was it helped to build um, my credibility yes. as well as like, um, you know, building relationships and like kind of getting my name out there, which was fine by me. I don't even could care less about what, you know, anything now, but... Um, 
yeah, it was just wild just to be able to kind of be a part of that movement. And then, um, you know, then I got to a point where like my boss had kind of slowed down. He was getting a little older and he was just kind of figuring out his own thing. He was doing hair for 10 years and he's like, ah, oh, I want to do some other stuff. Yes. So I was like, dude, I want to, I need to start, keep doing this. So I would start doing the pool parties, at the Roosevelt Hotel. Fuck yeah. So, you know, we do the pool parties, I would do hair and then that's kind of how lookbook was created holy shit oh hey we're gonna we're gonna yeah. we'll get we'll get to that so at this point you moved out when you were 23 years old um yeah i moved out when i was 23 23 years old you had an established clientele at that point no no because it was it was a lot more difficult because uh let me see i i, I started working at another spot because it was still tough because I never worked at a spot that like just you know i never worked at like a floyd's or a rudy's or anything like yeah. that where like literally any you know, there'd be like a line of dudes waiting to come. And I didn't ever want to work at a spot like that. And I kind of actually, this is back when hair school is another reason why I wanted to do hair. Cause I was always like, damn, I know a shit ton of people. Yeah. And I know a shit ton of people would trust me to cut their hair. Yes. So <laughs> yes. I was like, all right, well, <laughs> you know, if I can meet a lot of people, meet more and their friends come to me, I think I can have a good shot at building all this stuff up. So I kind of did it very independently. And I started working for this other company on still on Melrose called uh, black bandits. Okay. And I worked there for like two years. I managed the shop when I was like 23. We had like 20 employees, three assistants. It was a big operation. And, um, you know, and I still kind of like, you know, everybody, the brand itself helped bring a lot of clients to me and stuff. But I mean, like, you know, in the very first six months, I was seeing like, you know, three or four people a week. Okay. Which was, you know, yeah. took time because like for I said, sure. it's like a lot of those people that I would meet at the party or whatever, like, you know, they already have their guy. Or, yes. But all I was doing is like, I always just knew as like a hairdresser, it's only a matter of time. Yes. It's only a matter of time till like that person that they normally go to is out of town. They're yep. sick. They can't come in today. They disappeared. They did something. And then they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to that one dude. I met that one time at that party. Exactly. Still works for that spot. They'll call the shop. You know, I'm available because I didn't have any clients. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and then I'd be like, all right, cool. Let's do this. But um, it <laughs> took, so it took a while. So, I mean, it, after those two years, um, you know, that shop, it, that one, you know, fell by. It disappeared yeah. after a while. And then by like probably year three, maybe four is when I was like kind of like very gotten my roots in. Okay. I started figuring out Instagram. So I remember, I remember the day Instagram came out. That's why I was so lucky to get Dre Harris because nobody had yeah, gotten it. I yeah. remember a client came in and was like, dude, you got to download this new picture app. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is <laughs> this? Picture you, app. The picture app and you, you know, you get the pictures. There was no DMs. Yep. No and I was through. like. You know, you get there and I'm like, okay, and I, I guess I'll just be Dre Hair because like my, my boss's name was Jay Hair. So okay. I was like, okay, I'll I'll be Dre Hair, whatever. <laughs> and then we made, made my account and I was like, dude, this is this is cool. But I'm like, how the hell do you like get like likes yeah. or like where like there was hashtags hadn't really been developed yet. Yes. And then people were like, you need to hashtag stuff. But then I knew I was like, man, I want more friends, you know. So I'd go to people and be like, oh yeah, here's my Instagram, put yes. my cards and stuff like that. And that's when like, I remember I, everybody was like, damn, how do you have like 40 followers? <laughs> and I was like, because I met these people in real life. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, here's yeah. my phone. Follow me on Instagram. I follow you. Blah, blah, blah. Follow for then, follow. Yeah, follow for follow. Yeah, yeah it's all that kind of shit. And like, it kind of just helped grow it. And then, um, yeah, dude, it just slowly, slowly grew from then. And um, there wasn't that many people that had, was doing the similar shit that I was doing too. Yes. Like as far as like the type of hair that I wanted to do. Very like, unique. You know, like a lot of... Um, you know, like that whole, I guess I, I saw actually, and actually this, that's when I started seeing like the, the trend of how hair was changing a lot. I remember like when I first moved to LA, my, I think my hair was like all like, I can't even remember. It was like, a, like, um, 
it was all long, I guess, and like had like blonde streak down the middle and this and that. And then it was shortly after I moved to Orange County, I shaved the sides okay. and started slicking it back. And then it finally got to the point where I shaved off the back and I had, you know, like the, that, like that, you know, short on sides, yeah. long on top, but like very, very aggressive, like, you know, one on the sides. And yeah. Modern day long. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So just joking. But it was like it was like that trend, and you know, and then I I, I kind of stopped doing women's hair a little bit, and because I, I was like, dude, this is all these guys want, just like yes. quick, easy little fade on the sides, and that was becoming the trend. So I just kind of got good at that, and then, you know, it just slowly grew. So it started just doing that a lot, and a shit ton of fades. That, that's <laughs> so lot. fucking I wasn't cool. Even, I wasn't even planning on becoming like a barber esque type of person. A men's grooming specialist. You gotta exactly, and you just had to adapt. No, you have to absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so, so you you left that house. Did you go and you left the salon? Where did you go after that? Well, that's why I went to Black Bandits. Okay, yeah, that was yeah, okay. Black so, Bandits afterward, and then I was living at this place um, on like on Sunset in Las Palmas. Was that, was that, did you, you moved into a place by yourself? Or you I were, moved in with a friend uh, for like six months and then that house got broken into like three times nice. in six months. So I was like, called the landlord one night and I was like, dude, we're moving out. Like, what this the is fuck? Cra- it would be his Hollywood, three bro. Three times? Three times in six months. It was insane. The last time it was pretty, pretty devastating what happened. What the know. fuck happened? Well, is, it, is this art? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but dude, some guy broke in, was like butt naked and basically tried to take advantage of my roommate who was a female. Shut the fuck up. And I was across the street. I was actually coming home from a club uh, with another friend and we're like all drunk and just like standing there. I was like looking up at the sky and I was like, wow, there's a ghetto bird up there. It's kind of close to our house. And then- <laughs> That's weird. And then like getting ready to cross the street and then two cop cars from both sides like roll up. What the fuck? And we're like, what the hell? And they're like, stay on that side of the street. Because we, we, we were like, you know, a little intoxicated. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm trying to figure out like what the hell is going on? And the chopper was just going around like kind of my building. And I was like, dude, this doesn't look good. So I called my roommate. She didn't answer. And then I called again. She didn't answer. And finally on the third time she answered. And she's like, Dre, there's some naked dude in my room right Shut now. Shut the fuck up. And I was like, uh, what? And that, right when I heard that, I ran across the street and then like went to the back entrance of our, our spot. And at this time, I saw like six cops and guns drawn ready to walk into my house. And I Holy. I was just on one. So I was like, I don't give a fuck. And I pushed some of the cops out of Shut. the way to walk towards the house. And like, cause I, I don't know, I just wasn't afraid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, fuck it. Not you know? shoot you anyways, I'm like, so. I got six cops yeah. behind me anyways. Like, <laughs> like got my back. I mean, the guy's naked. It obviously doesn't have a weapon on <laughs> him. So like I kick open the door and I had a puppy at the time and he walks out and then she runs out crying. And you know, apparently the guy had ran off just before the cops had arrived. What the fuck? Yeah. So right then, like three in the morning, I called the landlord. Nope. I was like, dude, we got to get out of nope. here. This nope. Is bad. Nope. Holy shit, dude. This is a good time for me to smoke a fucking joint. I swear to God. <laughs> dude, going through that experience man yeah. you're like fuck this i'm getting the fuck out um oh shit yeah and then after that yeah i was like this time to go so i ended up moving out by myself um you know another hurdle because you know that's the thing yeah. it's just like was that your first time moving in by, by yourself with, well um with with one other person um but the, the the following time after that well that was the first time i lived by myself and that was like you know i think the rent increased like I think I was paying like at the time like thirteen fifty or something a little okay. one bedroom in a duplex in like West Hollywood. Can't get that anymore. No, the same <laughs> spots two thousand dollars now. Jesus I found out. What the and this fuck? This is like eight nine years ago now. <laughs> it was crazy, yeah. But it just kind of like, I, and that was like another hurdle. It, it, it my rent increased like an extra of like four hundred fifty dollars, 
And I was like, damn, how am I going to make this work? Once but like, again, once again. It's like, you just you just got to take that leap. And I mean, yeah, I was eating fucking ramen and peanut butter, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches yeah. for a while. But it was like the the risk I was willing to take to like, you know, because I just knew I need to work harder. That's actually one of the sayings that um, another friend of mine uh, and I kind of came up with is that you should never tell yourself that you can't afford something. It just means that you got to hustle that much harder to obtain it. Fuck yeah. And that's so kind of what I did. I was just like, you know, like, yeah, this is like kind of out of my price range, but I'm like, dude, like if I'm going to be successful and get more clients and, you know, figure out other ways to make money and, you know, do all this, just like anybody else who's ever moved to LA. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. You're anybody welcome. that's moved to LA to make it happen, like, you know, that's what you just have to do. And it's like, it kind of like puts that fire under your ass that yeah. like it's either you sink or swim. Yeah. Absolutely. And like, I always felt like kind of like my, my attitude toward things was like, you know what, I'll jump in the the deep end and figure out how to swim like now, yeah. because you know, it's, it's actually, I forgot who said it. I think you, I forgot who, which guy I was like, you will only succeed as if you, as bad as like, if you were drowning as bad as you want air, basically. Fucking hell, man. That, yeah, that's, that's such a great point, man. And it just, you know, as I'm starting to hear your story, uh, there is this progression, man. You just keep on taking these risks. You're willing to put your head out there um, to make yourself work harder. It pushes you, man. Getting these rent increases, going through these ups and downs, ups and downs, it just fucking pushes you. And there's this fire inside of you um, that I'm just really starting to realize, man. <laughs> Obviously, I've always realized that about you, um, but it, it's really incredible to hear. <laughs> um, um, so, so, so at that point, right? Um, you, you. You get out of the place with the butt naked dude, fucking dude. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Fucking nuts, man. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty scary. Like, I, I, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt. That. Like, you're going through something, that, and your and your friend too. Yeah. That, seriously, uh, very traumatizing, man. Oh yeah. I mean, she was devastated. I mean, you get some far. PTSD off of that shit, she was dude. Scared. I mean, especially living in Hollywood. I mean, like, crazy shit happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely. I mean, even on the way over here, I was, I, I I think I don't have to tell you there was a there was a car flipped over. Yeah in the middle of the street on sunset like what the fuck like it's not even a highway or something no, like what no. like but shit like that happens all the time it's just you know you just gotta roll with it it's a fucking zoo out here man it's yeah. it, it really is crazy shit happens all the time um so so at this point you moved in your own place what is your um uh your 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 group of people that you've built up your clientele where is it now um, yeah, so I kind of I started building a. So that's what I'm saying is like since I go to go to the nightclubs, that was kind of like a, my angle was because I wanted to work on, you know, the cool kids. Yes. I wanted to work on, you know, artists and you know DJs and just cool people. When you kind of just figure out what cool people do after you go to a nightclub and you're like, what do you do? And just everyone's doing different creative shit. Fuck yeah. So in the beginning, um, one of the owners of that shop that I worked at. He was a promoter, and I remember the first night I went to the first club I went to. He, um, he's like, yeah, just come, you know, come to this thing. It was called my studio, and I'm like, okay, and you know, and that was the thing. Is being broke was like never like I just kind of adjusted to it. I was like, and like yeah. this, I really, I'm really big on numbers. I know a lot of people you know, they have their strengths and stuff like that. I really like numbers. I like spreadsheets. I like all that kind of shit and budgeting and just is good because I came from a very conservative family. My parents yeah. didn't have like a lot of money growing up and stuff like that. So I kind of just had to learn how to budget correctly because, you know, money doesn't grow on trees and no. you run out. Yes. I never wanted to be like, oh, like I never needed one to ask for help. So I was like, yeah. well, if I just, you know, maneuver correctly, I'll never have to like absolutely really be in a, 
tight spot. No, no, for sure, for sure. Now, was this something that you learned on your own? Was it, uh, you know, taught to you by your parents? Um, I think kind of taught by my parents, um, just because like I had to work for my shit. Like I said, I was like one of my first jobs was like I was a, a soccer referee when I was yeah. thirteen, fourteen dollars, or thirteen, fourteen years old, <laughs> and I was getting paid like eight dollars a game for like an hour, like you know, and then exactly. you get your check, and you're like, okay, I made forty bucks in two weeks, and like, I was never like the kid that wanted to go blow it on like the next cool shit or whatever. Cause I just didn't really care about that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, I like cool, nice things, but you know, I was going to always want to invest in stuff that like was like really important. Like not just, you know, I just didn't want to buy dumb stuff. Cause you know, I, and also I, I learned vicariously through other people. Like yeah. that's one that that's actually what Warren Buffett says. It's like, you know, you, you can learn from other people's mistakes or you can learn from your mistakes or learn by other people's mistakes. It's like, if you find so somebody, true. if you watch like, okay, if all these things happened, Let's not do the same shit that they're doing. Let's cut. Let's cut all that time out. Exactly. You know, and that was like a huge thing that I, I kind of just realized. I realized a lot of these things early on in my life. Um, just kind of just how my, my parents and, you know, a lot of places I worked at, a lot of like um, mentors and bosses, like working at like the motorcycle shop and the tattoo shop. These each of these dudes had a specific way about running their businesses. Which yeah. when I was um, working at Black Bandits, I. Uh, had learned all these skills of how to manage a shop and I worked at a tattoo shop and I worked at a salon. So I managed this tattoo shop. It was a tattoo shop hair salon. It was like okay. one of the first ones yeah, yeah, yeah. way back in the day. We had like four chairs, Fuck yeah. uh, four studio chair, uh, tattoo chairs and then four uh, salon chairs. So it was like a pretty cranking busy Fuck spot. Yeah. And I mean, I was, everybody was like fucking five, six years older than me and they're all looking at me like, What's this it? this kid's like our boss. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm the only one who can write a schedule and actually bring the till and all this shit. You of know, course. I mean? like you guys are nuts. Like, they didn't know how to handle that. Yeah. shit. Yeah. So, um, I don't know what was the question. I kind of got off topic. I, I'm really bad at that. No, no, no. Really it's a, you, I hope you guys are following all tight. You have to make some notes or something. Hey, man, that's no, all good. I keep on bringing you back. We're all good. These are these are this is fantastic. Um, uh, we were just talking about numbers and uh, you know where you were able to hone in on those With, skills. Oh, and then the, oh yeah, and then the clienteling thing. So yes. going on the nightclubs and stuff. I I my so this dude he um he invited me to come out to the club one night and. I, I'm good to go. Me too. He was like, it was like, I remember I was like, because that was back in the day when they had taxis. There wasn't even Uber. Yeah, no fucking Uber. So like you had to call a taxi and you wait inside. Like, and I was always like, man, I hope this dude shows up, you know? I know. So I was like <laughs> seven or eight bucks to get down to the club and I walk up and there's lines on both sides. There's the there's the GA and there's the VIP people buying bottles. And then my friend's like, just come to the middle, okay? Come and I'm like, what do you, all right. Walk up and security's like, what are you doing? And then my buddy just walks out, walks like he owns the place. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how does, this is how this works? And he's yeah. like, yo, just come in. And I'm like, all right. And walked in. You walk in and it's like the first time like going on like a full on like Hollywood, you know. And it was a Monday night too, I think. It was like <laughs> a Monday or something like that. And it was like Hollywood, full on Hollywood, like, you know, what you would imagine. Yeah. Like just the most beautiful women you could ever imagine. The, the, every, you know, you're like I think that's someone or that's a rapper yes. or that's this dude and you know we go to my homie's table and there's like only like four guys there and there's like three promoters and then one dude who bought the table and there's like 20 girls standing <laughs> behind you and you're like what, what the, the fuck? fuck did I just walk in this is where I need to be hanging <laughs> exactly and then that's kind of what I realized that like I was like dude if I like you know like a lot of these people when they go to the nightclubs and stuff like that especially you know Hollywood doesn't actually really matter where it is but if you, I've learned that on here in LA is that you know, all these people care about their image. They care yeah. about getting their hair done. They care about looking good. They're wearing nice clothes. They're wearing jewelry, all that kind of stuff. So I was like, dude, this is where I'm going to, this is my Trader Joe's. So if yes. I'm going to, you know what I mean? This is where I'm going <laughs> to find my client. So, 
it was really important to me. I'm like, okay, if I got to stack 25 cards in my pocket, I need to give all of these out because I need to book three haircuts tomorrow so that I can eat and put gas in my car and put, and then get a taxi and come back here and do it again tomorrow night. So I was doing that six nights a week for like four years. Holy shit. Just going out and going. Well, actually I did it for two years. And then on the, on the third year I ended up doing, I ended up starting, I worked as a promoter at my own club uh, that I was working at this uh, club called Sound. And it was more of like a techno underground kind of stuff. And that's, you know, after, you know, doing it two years, um, you know, working with these promoters and my boss that owned the, the, uh, the shop, he, um, you know, it introduced me to all these people. And, I, and after a while, it's like, okay, then I meet the door guy and then I meet the, the VIP host here and then the general manager at this club. And it was six nights a week, six different clubs. Fuck, man. So every single time there's different, you know, there's different bottle girls and there's different this girl. And then you just got to meet all this network of people. And it was, you know, good you know, large amount of people. Yes. And then you got your club kids that are like the consistent people that come in all these ones. And those were like the kids I started practicing on because I was horrible <laughs> at hair like anybody is when they start. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have, I didn't really learn like a lot of men's cutting or fading. I didn't even know, I didn't even use clippers when I started fading. I was Holy doing all shit. scissors and it was taking too long and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, I need to learn clippers. And I didn't even know how to do any of the stuff. So I practiced all the club kids. But, um, you know, once I started doing all the managers and stuff, that's when it really got interesting because, you know, that's when I would go to the clubs without those, my promoter friends and this and that. And then, you know, those, those, those are my friends now. And those yes. are like my, my clients. And then we had my network started building and building. And then once I started working at sound and I, and I had a, I was a promoter and had my own table of my own. And at this point, instead of me, like, you know, having to hit up my promoter friends, like everybody was hitting me up yes. to come to my club. Yeah. And then, you know, I made good relationships with our booking agent and the general manager there. And, you know, they all knew I do hair. And then after a while, they're like, you know, like I said, in only a matter of time. Yep. We know we're at our meetings and stuff. And I do a couple of the promoter guys I worked with. And then the, you know, our bosses were like, oh, that's dope. And then they, one day they're like, hey, Dre, uh, do you think you cut this DJ that's flying in from Israel's hair? I'm like, they're, yeah, he's playing at sound the first night. And I'm like, uh, yeah. Like, fuck yeah. Comes in and I'm like, oh, I, dude, I know this guy's music. This yeah. is fucking dope. And like, like, my, uh, this guy named Guy Gerber. Okay, yeah, which yeah, yeah. Later on, I ended up being his tour manager. That was like a really interesting what thing. The fuck? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a, it's a, that was a crazy. That was a crazy experience. But it was, that was actually a, a bucket list thing for me to do. It's like I wanted. You know, I worked as going not just going as a club kid, but then I was like actually a promoter to be able to because it's cool. Like you get to host your own table and you buy all your friends. You're like, yeah, dude, come hang out at my table and you can drink for free. Fuck yes. And I'm like, I'm gonna and I get paid to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, fuck yeah. It was a win-win. <laughs> so I was able to do all this shit. And then like, you know, after week after week, you know, we have different DJs coming every week. So at a certain point, like every week, whatever DJ was playing would, you know, either them or their manager or somebody would come in, get a haircut. And then, you know, I'm like, yo, I'm getting, you know, such and such fitted up before the show tonight. And I could use that as like marketing material on my Instagram to promote yes. to more people to come to the party. And it kind of just created this cycle of like, well, like habit. And then, you know, it was, it was a long period of time. I don't really remember, but yes, that, I was there. But you were there. You were there. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so just to get back uh, to, to the, to the, to the initial story. Um, oh so, so you, uh, you were, you were working at that tattoo shop, uh, uh, hair salon. Um, after that one, what, what was that next leap? Um, that was actually, yeah. So we worked at another, it's, so we moved from Melrose to Sunset and that's okay. like, you know, you kind of want to move, start moving up the hill. We had, yep. we had this, uh, spot across the street from this nightclub called One Oak. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty, it's pretty, pretty popular spot. And, um, our, you know, our salon was right next door and 
right next to that was this other spot called Shamrock Tattoo, and it's like yeah. legendary. Mark Mahoney, Legend. you know, tattoos like Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie. Fuck yeah. I remember standing out there one day and like fucking Kendall Jenner is just like standing on sunset, like right next to me. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that's like, this is so random. Yeah. So, you know, it just kind of so, started building more credibility of like, like who I was as an artist and like, you know, this hairdresser like in LA that, you know, everyone, if you, once you, that's why they call them clubs because you frequent them. It's a part yeah. of a community and you go there enough. You, you know, after a while, I was going to every every venue, every club, every hotel and whatnot, and people I wouldn't know who I was and would, um, you know, recommend people. I'd go to the concierge and be like, yo, my name is Dre. You know, I've been doing hair down the street from you guys, blah, blah, blah. If you ever have anybody, tell them, you know. So I started, you know, kind of doing Smart. all this networking and putting myself out there a lot. And we were going to that spot for about two years. And then once, you know, that's when I, I definitely like it. That's when I kind of felt like I had made it in as far as like booking a clientele because yeah. I remember – waking up on like you know a monday and looking at my books and not having to worry that that whole week would fill up whether it was booked out halfway or 75 percent because i knew i would do like the amount that i would physically be able to do Absolutely. like a week after week after week and that's when i was like damn like this is it. now i have a clientele i know i'm making this amount of money like this is like it's I think I finally got to like a, like a, a secure place for sure. And then after that, that's when I, um, you know, figured out that I budgeted and figured yes. out how much money. <laughs> okay, if I'm making this much, I can afford my own studio because that's what I wanted. I wanted to be able to play my own music, come okay. and go as I wanted, you know, and keep fifty or sixty percent more of my money because yes. I built it. You know, of course, it was it's yours. My, it was all my clientele. Like nobody. It wasn't like the salon that, you know, the people weren't calling the salon being like, hey, can I get a haircut from whoever's yeah. available? They were calling for to you. get for, for, for me. You. That's so, so fucking cool, man. And 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 so at, at this point, um, how old were you and how long were you into your career? I was, um, after like, well, I think it was like, see, that must have been 2014, let me think, 23, 24. I was thinking I was like 25 25, 26. Yeah, I was trying. I was like 25, between 25 and 27, those two years. Okay. Around there. Um, and that's kind of, I kind of figured it was going to be like that. And I, I was in my career about four, three and a half, well, since Orange County, like four years. Four years. Four years. Um, but I think mainly in LA, about three years, three and a half years, it was like kind of like the LA career kickoff. And, but I mean, I just kind of always knew it's, it's, it was, it's just an instinctual feeling. That's why I like, you know, even I have, you know, I have a couple of assistants now that, um, I kind of just tell a little bit about this story and about uh, to them, like, you know, you may see my life now Yeah. after being in this injury for almost 11 years, you know, and I have, you know, the clients that I have and yeah. I'm, you know, I literally, you know, flew to New York a couple of weeks ago to go see a client for like 24 hours to do his hair, come back and, you know, it's that that didn't really just happen overnight. And I'm like trying to say, like, you know, you need to, you need to trust the process. It took me like four or five years to get to a strong, you know, clientele where I could afford all the things. And then once again, move into a more expensive house and live down the street and all this kind of stuff. And it takes time. It does. But you just can't feel like you need to rush it. And no. you can't feel like you got to get from there's 10 levels. You can't, there's no way you can learn one and two and then be like, I'm there. Here you go. Hey, yeah. it's like, you know, it's like playing Zelda. You don't just get, <laughs> even if you could buy all the weapons, it's your experience levels are there. Absolutely. So, it, it's so it's so fucking true, man. But you know, the, the hardest thing for anyone starting out in a new career is it's, it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but it is the individuals that 
put their head down, put the nose to the fucking grindstone and put that hard work in, yeah. that it will pay off. You just have to stick with it. But so many people give up. So many people think that they are owed something. So many people think looking at, even looking at you and they're like, oh, well, fucking Dre's there, right? Like, why can't I be? <laughs> well, what the fuck? Like, if you're listening to this story, there's a lot of steps that have gotten you to this spot where your 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 career is about to fucking explode and and then there comes the evolution of craft right yeah um, how did that start one how did you come up with the fucking name <laughs> and um and, and just how, how did that start um okay so that's yeah so I, was, I just figured out that i you know was able to afford having that studio i mean the the studio was like i think it was like 400 and something bucks a week okay um <clears throat> And, uh, you know, and also too, I was kind of bad at raising my prices on a continual basis. So I, <laughs> like, I, I think I, I raised it like 30% each time in the uh-huh. last like four or five years to kind of catch up with, you know, the economics, uh, yes. the amount of clients I'm taking, how many clients I want to take and the type of people I'm taking. So, yeah. you know, if you're looking for a quick haircut, I'm not your dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm coming in there, we're talking about this. I'm putting expertise and world-class knowledge into this stuff. So... When I figured all that those those things out with the money and stuff, whatever, moving into the spot, um, I didn't know what I wanted to call it because I wanted to not like call it Dre's Salon. Yes, yeah. You yeah. know, I didn't, and I knew what I was going to do with it was going to be ju- more than just doing you know a salon that was people did hair out. I was you know gonna, I knew I was going to want to create an event because I was still like obviously doing parties and stuff like that. I still I hadn't quite um, done something very like hair driven quite yet. And then, um, you know, like I, I, I thought of the name, uh, just something of that was kind of like a, a broad nature. I wanted it to be, you know, you couldn't really identify yes. what it was specifically. So, and then, uh, yeah, obviously it's spelled the same way as the yeah. uh, American <laughs> uh, corporation. Yep. But craft American cheese. Yeah, exactly. But it's, you know, my dynamic is completely different. It's, it's events in a salon. It's like an agency, if you will. And I, I mean, it is what it is. Um, but uh, yeah, so I used that and then I changed obviously to the K and then, you know, it's, it was born then. And I was working there for my, by myself for a few months and then got another chair in there and hired some other girls I'd worked with in the past and did Smart. that for about Diversify two years. That shit. Yeah, yeah. And it was cool because like, since I was only doing men's hair, like yeah. I was able to refer them all the girls that yes. I was doing or any yeah. girls that I like knew. Like girlfriends or your, the, your yeah, friends so or whoever. It was, it was great because then everybody, even now to even this day, people are like, hey, can you color my hair? I'm like, well, if you, I don't color, but I mean, I do, but it's not it's, like yeah. my, it's not something I'm like trying to push. Yeah. So now that I have five or six other people that are colors at my salon, I can able to give them the clients and that yeah. helps share the wealth and you know all that kind of stuff that uh keep it in house and that's yeah, I'm really stoked about that. It's that's, really it's kind of a cool thing. It's weird when you're like able to help feed course. feed feed people the yeah. clientele and stuff like that. Um it's a yeah. beautiful thing, man. It, I mean it, it really is to be able to spread the wealth, share the wealth, you know, um to be able to pass uh, along what you have to other individuals and to watch and see them grow. It's a fucking beautiful thing, man. I mean education is uh, it's, it's, it's key. It's, it's freaking key. And so now craft is born. You got two chairs in there. Um, how old are you at this point? I was probably like 27. So I think 20. 26, 20, actually, I think I was like 27. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was 27. Cause I worked in there for like two, maybe three years. 
I don't know. These, these are all kind of like, <laughs> I was actually, I was like working on a bio and the other thing the other day and I need to get these years kind of, but it's been, it's been a long time and a lot of, a lot of things have happened. So it's like kind of hard to keep up with which, when, when one started and one ended kind of a thing, but it was probably like around 27, 28, I think. And, uh, I worked there. I'd had the spot for two years and I kept, I had other friends in the industry and I was like, you know, if I, now on the days that I wasn't working and the days the other people weren't working in the other chair, um, I would keep filtering new people in. And yeah. then finally it got to a point where I was like, fuck, I need to like knock down the wall and add two more chairs. Um, so I did. Fuck and, yeah. And, um, you know, I add and then hired a couple more people. And, you know, that's like actually one of the hardest things too is building a salon in Los Angeles. Yeah. And, and it wasn't, and that was the weird thing. It wasn't even my uh, plan to do that. It's just, I honestly wanted more space. Um, and it was cool to work around other people that were inspiring and doing different things than I was. But it wasn't my initial thought to like build a salon and then eventually like where we are today, where we have like, you know, like 10 or 11 people that work there. And yeah, man. A couple assistants and having to educate and all that kind of stuff was, it, I don't know, it, it just happened. Everything is ha- feels like it happened so fast that like, I mean, it did take a long time, but like sometimes I wake up and I'm like, how did I get here? Yeah, man. You know, I'm like, yeah. how did like, what I, it's, yeah, just. It's incredible, it's man. weird. No, no, it's it, it, but it's, it's, uh, it's a testament to your character, man. I mean, um, it is weird because you put in the work though, you know, and then, and then life goes by a blink, like a blink of a fucking eye, you know, yeah, and as we get older, everything gets quick. Yeah. Everything, <laughs> we get older, the, the, everything goes by quicker because you just have more responsibility. Of course. Of course. Yeah. The more responsibilities. It just, you know, it just stacks up really, stuff. really fast. Um, <laughs> so then, you know, you, you knock down the wall and all that shit. How, how, no, actually, let me take a step back, man. This is a question I did want to ask you. Um, Growing, not growing, but, you know, going to Los Angeles at a young age, going through all of that, the fucking party, the pe- the parties, the people that you were around, um, did you manage to, you know, the, the girls, the women, did you have a girlfriend? Was that hard? Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> dude. Yeah, see, that was the thing, too. It's like being... Being in the party world, like it was really hard, especially being a promoter and stuff like that. Yeah. Like you kind of just understand the program. I mean, if you're coming to LA to like start a family and stuff like that, it's probably not the place. <laughs> There's, I mean, not a lot. I know a lot of people between the age thirty and forty, and I'd say probably maybe ten or fifteen percent have kids, or Damn. some of them are married. But it's really, I wouldn't say it's hard to have a relationship, but it's definitely just it's a little bit more challenging because. Yeah. You can go out six nights a week and meet fifty different girls and fifty different dudes. Yeah. That are in the, that are different that are all in different scenes, yeah. Too, because like that's the thing you have to remember. It's like if yeah, just because we're at this club on a Wednesday night doesn't mean the club that we were. That means that that like the club we were at last night. There's another Wednesday night group of promoters and their friends and their girls, and it, it starts. You start you start to see how many layers there are in yeah. the city. I mean, there's like. I don't know, three or four, I can't even remember, like three or four million people that live in that concentration of kind of yeah, where I live. Yeah, it's just a fucking cluster. So, you know, you put that on, on top of all the people that are in transient travelers coming from all over the world for for work and for play, and then everyone in surrounding areas like, you know, Riverside, Orange County, yeah. Northern, wherever, San Diego, that drive in on the weekends. You meet a lot of people. So I really didn't have, an, I wasn't really dating. I mean, I was dating here and there, but for like seven years, I was pretty much single for the most part. I mean, I, nothing that I've dated longer than like three months and stuff yeah. like that. But um, yeah, yeah, but also too, like the whole partying and everything like that, like definitely was challenging because, you know, you'd be hungover and this and that, but you just got to be able to like, I just had to sit myself down and be like, Dre, <laughs> like 
we got to pull it back. Like if you draw and imagine a line in the sand, it's like if you take five steps forward, yes. you got to take three back. And not, yeah. if you take 10 forward, you got to take some more back. And yes. you don't want to go 30 steps away and then forget, you know, and then if you say one more, just one more, just one more. And then you realize you're so far away from that imaginary line that you might just start losing yourself. Because that's what happens to a lot of people in it LA. Does. I mean, it's easy. A lot of people get caught up in it and don't really keep their eye on the prize. And like I said, in the beginning, my, my eye on the prize was like, you know, I need to, I want to have a big network of people and clients. And like the last thing you want to do is just be the guy that's like too fucked up all the time. <laughs> yes. That's not getting shit done. That's not reliable. And that's not, you know, a boss in a sense that like can get the things done. And that would be doing hair and showing up on time and not canceling. I mean, I'm, guilty of that from time of course, to time we're human but um you know i i realized that uh, that's the thing too is that if if i wasn't the person if i if i wasn't willing to go and do what i did someone else that saw that window of people would have gone and done it before just me. like that you know yeah. i i feel like I've, i have one of the biggest um i think networks of uh dj clientele that i see from people all over the world have traveled all over and done hair yeah. all over you know a lot of different countries and all over America, um, seeing a lot of these clients that um, you know play music, and uh, where do you meet them at at the clubs? Yep. Most of the time, you know, recommendations stuff like that. So, um, you know, I'm really proud of that because it, it was not easy. You know, I could I I definitely lost myself a couple times um, in those years, but uh, I just had to check myself you had to bring, before yeah. I wrecked myself. <laughs> you had to bring it back. So yeah. So so you went seven years, and then did you find? Uh, you know, relationship, a lady friend. Yeah, yeah. So um, after, like, when I uh, was breaking down that wall, actually, yeah. to, to build the new spot or the second spot, I met this girl um, who I'm with today. All right. Uh, her name is Bambi. All right. I met her. She wasn't named Bambi back then. <laughs> she was named uh, Brianna. Okay. And I was uh, telling her, I was like, yeah, you should change your, I'm like, you're tiny, you're cute. I'm like, you, you, should, you gotta have like a like a catchy name. And uh, she changed hers to Bambi hair. So nice. it was cool. It kind of gave her like an identity for sure in this whole Instagram kind of uh, social networking world. Um, but yeah, so I met her actually at the salon that I work at. It's like, it's like a collection of studios called Salon Republic in West Hollywood. And uh, it's a really dope spot, but it, it, it was, it's really nice because I was able, I'm able to play my own music in there, come yeah. and go as I want. And I have a studio that looks out up in the Hollywood Hills right on sunset Fucking boulevard awesome. on the second floor it's parking and you know 24 access it's it's, it's beautiful it's t it's turnkey they have towel service and yeah it's really easy it's so easy yeah and they, it's they and it's big enough that we have space and there's you know enough bodies in there and people that are cool and not too much you know once it once you lose once you have once bigger than a crowd then it's you know there's a lot of yes. personalities going on it's a huge dynamic but um, so was she working there which not not quite yet so she had uh we'd met we hung out she was really cool and i really liked there's like specific things that I really liked about her. And I feel like I was getting into a point where, where I was taking my career a lot more seriously. And I was, when I um, actually built craft the first time, I even went on a, like a eight month sobriety. Nice. I, yeah. Cause I was like, you know, the only way I'm going to actually be able to physically build this place is not being hung over. There's no way. So I'd have to come in early, work on them, building the salon, building, you know, furniture, whatnot, putting up the speakers, all that kind of stuff. And then, 
do my clients later and then work on the salon at night. And there's like no way I could do that yeah. parting every night. So I had to really like dial back, dial back the nights I was going out and really focus on what was important. Bring yourself back to that imaginary line. <laughs> back to the imaginary <laughs> line, dude, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so, hardcore. And that's why I went on like sobriety for like eight months uh, just to get my shit straight. Cause yeah. you know, like I wanted to, to be there. I wanted, and I wanted it to stick. Cause yeah. like, um, you know, over the years, with different people I've worked with, you know, they, they give me, you know, well, they, everyone has their story of like who told them that they couldn't do something or of course what wasn't obtainable. And I'd had, you know, bosses and people I'd worked with that they would say things, you know, to kind of bring me down. And that was like my tackling fuel to, you know, really push myself because I would hear those voices of what they said yes. that I couldn't do or, you know, how I would just disappear after a while or different things like that where I, I got to prove them wrong. No, I get that. I get that. Trust like me. hardcore. That. And, you know, I just never, I want, and I still, to this day, I still want to be that, you know, that hairdresser, that Dre hair guy that started this brand that does this party that, you know, I'm, you know, been in West Hollywood, Hollywood area for the last 10 years. And I wanted to be, you know, as long as, Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Keep on fucking rocking. You and know, so, and like, so, no, no. I trust me. I get it. Um, but, 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 getting back to Bambi, um, what? How that? How the next step? So, yeah. So she was. We. She was working down the hall, and then she started helping me like do some random stuff at our spot. And she was actually going through a transition of her own. Yeah. With her boss, about um, you know, uh, just different things. She was about to remodel the salon, and I was like trying to explain to her. She was like, I think she was like twenty one at the time. Okay. And I was like you don't own this place. So like, yeah. why would you put your money into it? So exactly. someone else, like, I'm like, this guy's tricking you. Like, this is not a good move. So, you know, I was like, you, she was just getting ready to jump ship. She could feel the energy was off. So that she did. And I was like, you can come work at my spot. Fuck yeah. And she didn't have that many clients because she was doing every, her boss's clients at the time. But I started kind of giving her advice and resources on how to, utilize Instagram because I'd been using it for four or five years at that point yeah. and even longer like six years I think and I was like you know they do these things and once you start coming out to parties with me and like at the at that point there was I mean even to this day maybe not so much to this day but like at that point like I guess when I was in like this that like uh when I was still kind of promoting actually I think I'd quit by then but around that time <laughs> I still had this network of people where I'd go in and like, you know, some of some of these nightclubs and know like 70, 80% of the people in the Jesus. club or just, or they would know me from, you know, coming to the party once or twice and you get wow. a collection of a hundred couple people over the course of two years. They're like, it's at any given time. A lot of those people would, you know, know me and, oh yeah, let me get a haircut. And like at that point, I didn't even need to carry business cards anymore because you just had built, I'd built this like, visual social vehicle where yes. everyone knew kind of was it was awareness thing so i would take her out with me and be like this is that girl this is this chick this is that dj blah, blah blah and then oh do you do hair too yeah there you cool, go you should do hair sometime boom then she and that's the thing is a little bit just but a little different about her the way she built her her um her clientele is she was able to build um all these relationships through my relationships and it really yeah. excelled her clientele and then after she'd done a certain amount of people, their friends would see For and sure. that recommendation, but it happened so quickly because she did, made so many friends just going out with me. And uh, you know, her Instagram blew up way faster than mine did. Yeah. And she does, you know, same, I would say same like caliber of people, but in different industries yeah, than yeah. I do. 
Um, that's awesome, man. That's yeah, fucking awesome. So it, that's it's awesome. Been, it's been crazy. It's been she, a crazy she's, ride. She's lucky to have you, brother. Uh, yeah, we're lucky to have each other. Yes, she definitely keeps each other. How is it? Because now you guys obviously work together. How long have you guys been together now? Um, like, shit, like three and a half years. Okay. How's that working with her uh, day after day? Um, you know, everyone always asks that because it's, it's, it's not as hard as people think because at yes. the end of the day, we're both like back to back and we're working all day. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously just the dynamics are slightly different because I see her, but I've always been just kind of an easygoing person to an extent, to an extent, but <laughs> for sure I, you are. I would just, you know, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a environment and she's doing her thing. She's working on another human being. Exactly. I'm working on another human being. There was not really any issues because it's just, she knew how to be like professional. Professional. It's yeah. just like, okay, cool. I see you. Like, it's okay. not like we do be, we, it's not like. You know, we'll kiss like, hey, what's up? And stuff yeah. like that. But it's not like we're doing anything out of the norm. And I don't know. There wasn't really that many. And we actually, we when we met, we started dating for like a month. And then she actually moved into my house. Damn. Nice. Um, yeah. It's a pretty, um, pretty crazy story. Yeah. I don't know if we'll get into that maybe a little later. <laughs> but it's it was a pretty you. crazy story about how it all went down. And um, just, uh, yeah, she moved in and. We were together like 24 hours a day, 20, yeah, for like three years nonstop. And that was, it was, it was challenging, but I knew that, you know, our relationship was just very strong because we yeah. had a lot of the similar values. We, she's from uh, Northern California also. Nice. Similar, kind of like similar like situation in life. She, you know, just, she had her issues with people and this and that, was searching for more, wanted to come yeah. down here and wanted to prove everyone wrong. And, you know, we're both working together and kind of have this whole like synergy going in this little space. And, um, it's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's different, but we, we make it work. You no, know, you, you just have to. For sure. And, and you also, you know, when, as you know, and to anyone that, you know, that's listening that does hair or anything in the beauty industry behind the chair, you have to give your, your energy and your attention to that individual that's sitting in your chair. It's very important to have that relationship. So it's completely different if you guys were both working in a retail space where there's all this dead time or uptime, downtime, right? Where you're not giving your undivided attention at these moments. So it's not like you guys are working together. You guys are working in the same spot. So it does make the dynamic different. At yeah. least thinking from the no, outside. yeah, no, totally. That's what, and it definitely does. And it's still fun because like, you know, I can look over and see, and that's why I dated her. I didn't, She's like one of my best friends. I love we, that. You know, like she's, we have a lot in common um, on a lot of things. And we, and there's a lot of things we don't have in common. That's but that's, perfect. but that's the good dynamic for us. Cause then she has her friends and I have my friends that I can kick it with. And, um, but like our common ground is that being hair. And it's kind of cool. Cause then we get to collab on different things and we work right next to each other. So she'll yes. do the color and then I'll do the cut or fuck yeah. Versa, so fuck yeah, man. And, and you just from talking to you, you like watching to see her succeed. Oh God. Yeah. It's the coolest thing. Um, it's really cool just to see someone who wants it. You know, she, yeah. she has a very great work that work ethic too. She works really hard and she works, you know, when we start, first started working together, she would, she just, since she didn't have a lot of clients, she would assist me and help me Okay, throughout the day. And I'm, I told her from the get go, like, like, I, this isn't a nine to five. This isn't like us showing up. Clients are fed to us. We get done and we just go and yes. we get done at five or whatever. And it's just fun time. Yeah. Like no. I'm there's, I'm going to come in early. And like when I actually, when I started, when we first started dating, 
I told her I was working for this client. Um, I worked for I worked for the first year in 2016 for like every single day from three to five, from two to five. Wow! Every single day I would be at his house because uh, he's like a social media influencer type of guy. Can you say his name? Um, no, nah, I'd rather not. Totally. I'm respect. just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, his name, his name's Ty. All right. Uh, Ty Lopez. Um, shout it. out. Yeah, shout out Ty. He's a, he's a really amazing human being. Yes. I'm absolutely blessed that I was, um, been able to be his personal men's groomer for the last four years. That's so fucking cool. Um, yeah. And it's, it, it was, it was amazing. I, would, I had a friend actually refer him to me. Nice. And that I went there a couple of times and they're like, can you uh, come back every day? Because he he would shoot stuff on film. It's yes, almost like no different from like a newscaster yeah. going every day morning, five days a week, getting their hair and makeup done. They go up, so it was kind of like the similar type of vibe, but hundred percent on social media. So it was a little different. But I would be there from two to five, and I remember at the time I was Ubering there, and it would take me you know twenty thirty bucks to get to his house in Beverly Hills, and then uber back and that it wasn't making sense so i actually bought a motorcycle for the specific reason to be able to drive to his house get there in five or ten minutes and then basically tell them at like like his um, house manager or whatever like yo like it's 4 45 like i have to leave in the next five minutes to do my clients back at the salon because his window of working he's you know he's doing what he's doing his things and i'm just waiting there like okay is he ready okay cool and that's like a call time moment in a sense, sense, but like oh, for a, sure. a very small window. But then I would do my work in five minutes, blow dry his hair, like make sure it looks good. And then I bounce, get oh. on my bike, fly back down sunset going like 80 <laughs> fucking splitting lanes. Yeah, I almost died like three or four Dude, times pretty lucky. bad. But it was fun because it was a great year. And, I, and that's kind of like, you know, that's why I, I kind of explained to Bambi at the time. I was like, look, I, I work for this guy and it's a really important client to me. I really enjoy, I learn a lot from him and like, um, you know, it's, 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 it's an amazing experience. Yes. I've been able to do some pretty crazy things that I don't think any other people I know have been able to do yeah. with a certain client as far as like even traveling or, um, just kind of some of the experiences I've got to experience with him. Um, no man. And I, learning mainly. Fuck. Yeah, man. I, I, I have to say when I said that's uh that's fucking awesome. I mean that because, um, before like you, you and I even started talking, I'd taken a couple of his courses and what I like about him is he just fucking, he puts it out there. He shares, uh, with the viewer, what, what he got, what he has and, and, and what he's gone through and his experiences and, um, you know, how to take your life to the next level. And, um, and I appreciate that, you know, so you know, for, for you, you know, getting out there, putting the hustle in, I mean, you, you had a job to do, but then you've created these relationships, um, and getting that motorcycle, even though you almost died, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, <laughs> It made sense, and it shows the type of person that you are. That you're you're gonna take that fucking risk. You're gonna take that chance to to make sure it's done right. So then you can come back to your clients, your other clients, right, and then you know finish your fucking day. Yeah, yeah, to get it done like on time. And that was like the issue was just getting there on time. But it was it was fun and it, it worked out. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, dude. Fun. <laughs> it's a trip. When I think about that too, I was like, damn, I forgot that I did that. I mean, I did it, but it's like. It's crazy because not that many people like know or like yeah. or like what and like if I explain what that day would consist of, I would you know I'd be like do three clients in the morning, then go to his house and then wait there and do whatever needed to be done. Because not only at that time was I just doing hair, like sometimes they'd be like, "Hey, can you film him like playing basketball or something?" Or 
can you do this or that? And there was at one point we were doing photo shoots like every couple of weeks at his house Shit. or in San Diego or in Palm Springs. And he'd be like, can you like set up a, like a cool environment? And I'm like, yeah. So Fuck I yeah. called my production friends and we set up DJ booths and then we had hair and makeup and had like a little party. And it was like, I was like doing mini like photo shoots for a private client. It was, Fuck just, yeah. it was just like a weird, it was cool. It was like one of the funnest things I ever got to do was be able to like um, organize and do that for cool sure. kind of a thing. You went above and beyond, right? It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't just about doing the hair. You're willing to, uh, you know, a lot of people just want to, you know, that nine to five they're talking about go in, get the job done, walk out. Right. Um, but no, it, Fucking take that extra step, right? Yeah, go that that's extra what's, step. That's what, and that's what got me to like a lot of people. I, some some of the friends, hairdressers, I would tell them about like this t- type of stuff that I would do, or just like how above and beyond, and they're like, "Man, I could never do that." But that's that's that's, the, that's just the type of human I am, exactly. and, I, and I enjoy that stuff. And you know, the the first day um, or the first time, like I was able to go like on a, a traveling trip. Yeah, like they're you know they hit me up they're like, "What's your day rate?" And I'm like. I've never even had a day yeah. rate. Like, what is that? <laughs> so I like was like, I don't know. Like, and you know, I threw a number, and they're like, okay, well, maybe like this, and you know, we go back and forth. Yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, they're like, okay, cool. Um, so, uh, we're gonna fly you out to uh, Norway. Oh my god! For five days. And I was like, holy shit! You had no idea. Not well, not really. They're just that's what they just asked me. They're like, what's your day rate? And I was like, all right. And then they're like, yeah. Uh, and since we were doing a lot of those photo shoots at the time, um. Uh, they were like, uh, Bambi can come too. So, Shut the fuck up. so she came with and we ended up, cause you know, we would travel with a lot of people. So yeah. he, we would do, I would do a couple of the, uh, people on the team and Brianna would do a couple of people on the team. And you know, if you'd be out there for a month, like it was just kind of cool to have like your peeps out there. Of course. So it was, it was a crazy experience. It was, it was honestly one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. Which, awesome, and I'm man. just so blessed that he would think of us to take us to do that, something like yeah. that. Um, you know, shout out Ty, because he's the man. And, yeah. he, and I really appreciate everything he's done for me and Brianna and, um, you That's know, trusted right. me with all these years and build that relationship because, you know, like a, you'll have a clients that you, you have for like a couple of years and then you have mm-hmm. clients you've had for 10 years and then you just build these relationships with them and, at this point now, I've like I'd say about sixty to seventy percent of my clientele I've had for over like eight years or nine years. And they're years. they're past clients now. They're yeah, friends. they're friends, they're family. Like yeah. we hang out. It's they support me, and that's why like at this point, yeah, I've I've had I've um, increased my prices in a way where I don't take as many clients now. But this way, I can be totally available to yeah. all my high profile and bougie clients that Fuck are like, yeah. hey, I just flew in from. You know, touring all year, like summer in Europe, I'm only in here for like a day. Can you come in on Monday? <laughs> and like, I would only come in for that one person or yes. something. And then they, then you know, a lot of they would fly out to New York or go to Miami or something like that, just because you know, like I said, there's a lot of clients I have like travel and are working on either their managers, agents, tour managers, uh, DJs, and stuff like that. All so they're the above. They're in and out all the time. So I just kind of had to be able to cater to them. Yes. Which that's like my service that I offer because I love to go above and beyond. I like to treat people the way I would like to be treated. Absolutely. At, at the end of the day, that is so important. You want to treat people the way that you want to be treated. Um, and I, 
I, I would love for my sister's dogs to shut the fuck up. Um, but uh, <laughs> I didn't know they were going to bark this loud. Um, but hopefully I can get that out. That being said, um, so, so, so Craft, uh, Bambi, how did uh, Lookbook, I mean, for, for anyone listening, just kind of explain what Lookbook is and, and that whole process. So, um, it, it, so Lookbook actually had been created organically by accident. Um, we'd done some of the pool parties at uh, the Roosevelt Hotel in the past, and we would do, I did a couple pop-up hair events there, and I uh, wanted to do one where I was doing them kind of by myself and like a few people at our salon. And it was, it was we, the reason why we were doing it is so that we could build a clientele, like service the public that were the party goers at this event already. Instead of doing it at like a nightclub, we had enough space to do it outside next to the pool. So we would do, you know, wherever people that were going to the pool or friends or whatever. So the following year, uh, I was like, you know what? I want to invite all my friends I've been friends with for like three or four years on Instagram to come do this now. Um, and it was like, I think I had like invited like eight guys uh, to come do hair. And they're like, what like what are we going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. Just, I guess we'll just do haircuts for like whoever wants to get hair. How much should we charge? And I'm like, you get to keep all like the money and this and that. Or like, how's this work? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like making this up, dude. Like, <laughs> do you want to come here to do hair at this pool party in yeah. Hollywood? Fuck yeah. You know, it's a fucking pool party, like a Hollywood pool party. Like you guys lived, everyone at the time, I kind of lived some of them, like, like half of them lived in LA and the other half lived like 30 or 40 miles or even 50 miles away from LA. So I'm like, yo, come, let's all like have this collaboration, cool like event. And quickly through halfway of that first event in uh, 2016, I realized that half the people that were at the party were hairdressers. Fucking hell, man. To watch the other hairdressers that I invited. Yeah. And I was like, dude, this isn't even like, and everybody ended up doing only a couple haircuts. And then I, I was like, this isn't even about doing the, the public anymore. This is about other hairdressers becoming, getting to be able to watch these other dudes and girls at the time. Later on, we, uh, girls do color and stuff like that. Was It was their way to like watch. And like I did that first event and all those dudes, I'd, we'd either done meetups before, like at someone's salon or like their house, and there's only like five or six of us, but it wasn't like an open to the public type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn, if I've like, these are all my friends. And like, you know, I like to support and I like to build things and bring community. Actually, yes. I had a conversation with this guy last night about it is like building a community is like such an important thing. And I was like, okay, this is, this is kind of crazy. So the following year, I invited, um, Two guys, one from Ireland, my buddy Ryan. All right. And he'd um, dope. been blowing up with his iconic Fuck trending yeah. type of style, this I, the Irish style that yeah. everybody knew. And if you fucking you dope. would see everybody bringing these photos. And I think, you know, his thing was world renowned, this certain uh, technique. And he was able to come to do uh, the lookbook, as well as uh, another guy from um, Pennsylvania named Mikey, who was really popping off, had yeah. his own style. So it was like all of us. And we all kind of did this event again and more and more hairdressers would show up. And at this time, I think we had like 300 and 400 Fuck. people show up. I think there were only about 200 of them were like hairstyles or maybe a little less, but, but it just kind of kept growing. And it was cool because I knew, and since doing all these meetups with all these dudes and that, you know, at this point, everybody charges for their education and whatnot, but I wanted to be able to kind of facilitate this, like as if it was like a live, like a lot of people like you like shadowing. If you're watching yeah. this in a hair you know what shadowing is or, yep. or, or any, it's any sort of interesting. It's like a mentorship where you get to watch somebody yes. do whatever they're doing. 
so I wanted to do this event based off of like, as if you were at their salon shadowing. And I wanted to make sure that the music was loud. Fuck I wanted yeah. them to be the, the hairdresser that was performing or featured. They were in their salon mode. They were just yes. doing the hair and then everyone got the sneak peek while the music's blasting and you're, you know, rubbing shoulders with some other dude you wanted to meet on Instagram, yeah, yeah, drinking yeah. beers and you're just like watching this other dude bust out. But they're not like necessarily teaching you. They're, you just, it's like you get this glimpse of like what yes. they do. It's, it's, it's a peak, and, and then you walk down, you know, another chair and this other dude is doing something and you're yes. like, damn, like this is Instagram come to life. Absolutely. And that's kind of what I wanted to create was that whole like environment. And now um, <laughs> we're about to do our fifth one this year. Fuck and last yes. year it was like, you know, very, it was like just so insane just to see like so many different um, people finally show up to these things. And just kind of giving people these experience of Absolutely. like, because I, I, you know, being in LA, like a lot of like amazing hairdressers live really, really close by. So and true. you know, like even my buddy, um, this guy Philip Wolf, I, 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 I talk yeah. to him, you know, ever so often um, throughout the week, just you know, keep in touch. And he's like, you know, he's like my big bro. He's a mentor. He's, he's fucking. I knew dope. who he was before even Instagram popped yeah. up. Obviously, I was like, you know, just figuring out like who are the dope people to like fuck with. You know, yeah, like, yeah, who, yeah. who are who are really doing it and like who are the same vibe and you know you meet all these people throughout those course of time and okay I vibe with him I vibe with him eh not so much <laughs> then you would figure it out and then like I, I was at the Apple store and I saw Philip there and I was like holy shit that's like at the time he was doing Kim Kardashian's hair yeah. before she was like the Kim Kardashian and stuff so like you know, I walked up and I was like, yo, dude, like you're Philip Wolf. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, dude, what's up? He was super nice. And he I was just like, super damn, chill. dude, this is so sick. And this was like, oh man, this was, it must've been, well, yeah, it was like the second or third year that I'd even lived in LA and we kept in touch and, but it was kind of hard because the Instagram wasn't really right where it was. Yeah. So you didn't you know, I didn't have his phone. I mean, I had his phone number, but it was like, we don't really like text and Fuck stuff yeah. or like, you know, he's busy doing his thing. So it was like now with Instagram really like, we're able to keep in contact, um, you know, kind of on, the, on this visual fuck yeah platform now. But uh, yeah, he came to a couple of them, and now, like in this past year, he's he's done a couple of them with me, and just fucking growing and growing and growing, and it's yeah, just so it's cool um, to be able to create this experience, this look into what uh, reality is. You know, when that individual has the client in their chair, what it looks like, because so many people have questions, they want to know, they want to be able to see. Um, and there's one thing like to go to a class on like you know, teach someone, you know, pull the hair here, do this, do that, do this. But to be able to be able to actually get a look inside what reality is for them on a day-to-day basis, it's fucking amazing. And I thought it was brilliant, dude. Thank you. And I, 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 uh, I'm super excited for the next one. It'll be great. Yeah. You got to come, man. Fuck yeah. I will. It was, it was, yeah, it was just kind of crazy to see like what it's evolved to now. Now that, now that we have obviously the event, I think we're going to do it on obviously like a Sunday again. And but we and then this past year we uh, introduced these classes. So now it's a two day event. So we do classes. Um, we're gonna do those on the Monday. So it's like you experience this whole salon like networking, like kind oh, of like yeah. big vibe, kind of like blowout. And then the following day, now we're gonna be like, all right, let's take what we just saw and break it down. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. We shut off the music and it's classroom time and everyone. It's you get a little bit more value out of this whole yeah. weekend. It's more traditional. Yeah, for and sure. And I wanted to add that in. I didn't necessarily want to do it, but like it makes sense <laughs> though. But I, it had to, it just organically had it kind of had to happen. Exactly. Otherwise, the event kind of wouldn't keep growing to what it is. Yes. 
Yeah. So it, it just it's uh, it just kind of brings it full circle, you know. And it's the fifth one. You're evolving. Everything uh, and your life definitely seems to evolve. I mean, um, so 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 as we wrap this up, man, what is uh, what's up next for you? What the fuck else is going on? Um, so I recently actually just um, partnered on this other new company called SAA uh, Style Artist Academy. Nice. With uh, social media and just everything kind of in general moving to this online video. I mean, YouTube's done a great job as far as facilitating a lot of people pushing out content. Fuck but yes. um, at the end of the day, um, th- their platform is billions and billions of videos and not all the stuff that's on there is the top quality of content. Fuck no. <laughs> so, in, in, yeah, it's, it's in, you might not be finding the thing that you want and you may want to learn from certain people. And now that we've seen Instagram just blow up the monster that it is over the last 12 years, you know who is done certain things. Like you're like, okay, that person's built an academy. That person's made a trend. That person does that person's hair. And I want to learn from those people. So what we're trying to do with this online education company called Style Artist Academy is build a basically like a Netflix type of um, platform where we have all these artists that we break down their classes from, you know, between an hour and three hour classes. And they're very, very detailed. There's a lot of good, there's like four different camera angles that we're doing and uh, uh, kind of putting the artists that we believe have something to really offer. That's very, very, they've done like certain kind of things and being, you know, in the industry now for like the last 10, 11 years, I've been able to gather all this information and really decide on who's made a statement since the beginning. And, there's a lot of people that are really good at Instagram that are like that are have taken off in the last few years, yes. and there's a lot of people that suck at Instagram that are Fuck really yes. talented, but they may or may not. So we're we're doing a mixture of both of those types of people, but mainly a lot of the people that are really good on Instagram because at the end of the day, having an online presence, not necessarily a website, but the day and age of me and you walking up and down Melrose or yeah, wherever yeah, we're yeah. going to get like clients and. You know, like being able, it's only almost like word of mouth. It's it's if you have a big Instagram following or you have some sort of following, um, it's it's going to benefit you in more ways than just building a clientele. It's about Fuck yes. being able to connect you know, anything. You, if you're looking for something and someone posts it, you can send it to somebody. Like you're building this network. And um, actually, it's a there's a book I forgot who it's by, but it's in this um, in this other company called uh, Mentor Box, and it. One of the authors talks about how you become a, like a networker, right? And, you, and then after you build enough of a web, you become a super networker. Yes. Where you necessarily, like I'm at this point now in my career, like I still like go out and I make relationships with people and this and that, but it's turned around where now more people come to me yeah. for my resources yes, or they'll refer me to meet their resources and whatnot. Yeah. So it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's easier, but it's it's gotten to a point where it's people just know I have a network yeah. of people. They just it's just plain and simple, whether it be through music or fashion or the hair industry or hospitality, all of it. Like it, there's a lot of different avenues in there, so it's it's and that's what's kind of like helped those last years. So now when we've opened up this new company, it's like I have all these relationships to do, even like Lookbook. I mean yes. having a lot of DJ friends and production friends and video friends. And um, I mean, even having relationships with some of the venues that I've hosted these events at like that alone is one of the hardest things is 
the, the reason why I got the spot is because I've been partying there for the last six oh, years, yes. and I know the <laughs> I know the manager because he's always watching me like leave like drunk and just like oh later bro good to see you <laughs> see you next week later bro yeah, yeah so it's 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 a lot a lot a lot of combination combination of these things that kind of like had to have to happen before it got to a place where I'm at now being able to facilitate this this uh, this website uh, style artist and. Uh, Dude. Yeah, it's gonna be big, and it's also gonna be able to. It's gonna help hairstylists uh, be able to make a residual income. All right. Um, in a way that not a lot of companies have been able to do. Fuck no. Um, in the way that we fee- we see fit best for the stylist, Absolutely. because I'm a stylist, and I know what it's like to do a job. And you know, most of us know it's like you only make money the time that you're buying that chair. Yes. Unless you're sponsored by a brand, which we all know brands don't pay that no, much. You couldn't just live off of just one brand's no. salary. And even if you did, you'd, they'd own you. Few and far <laughs> between, man. Fuck you know, yeah. And so you got to do other things to supplement your income mm-hmm. and whatnot. So um, when we when we start this uh, this this project, um, you know, we're going to have a, uh, a certain way that we're doing it so that the artist is able to make a monthly check off oh, of yeah. their education rather than just getting paid once. Yes, yes. And that's key, man. That's fucking key, dude. I, I, I love that. I love everything that we've uh, we've talked about that, uh, tonight or today, tonight, whatever the fuck time it is. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the whole entire process of who Dre has become, and I know there's so many other pieces in there, right? But just <laughs> yeah. kind of this broad overview, this um, this macro view, this bird's eye view of, of who you are, man. It's just... Um, it's it's fascinating, and I really thanks, do believe. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Oh, fun. fuck yeah, dude! Absolutely, I, this won't be the last time. I, I I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart, man. Um, yeah, once again, man, thank you so fucking much, dude. I love you, brother. I uh, I, I look forward to to the to the future. Um, if people want to look up your shit and find you, where can they do that? Um, I'm, so I'm basically mostly on Instagram. I'm actually just started my uh, TikTok. TikTok. I, I once it came, it was it was actually musically before yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But now it's TikTok, but I made it a point to uh, grab all the Instagram handles, Snapchat handles. It's all Dre hair. Fuck yeah. I I got lucky with that. But also, too, it's like when you see things, you just have to tackle them and go above and beyond, go all in on it. And if you guys are out there and you're just starting your Instagrams, pick a name and stick with it. Make sure you get all the channels so that your brand is consistent throughout consistency is key man consistency is key fuck yeah 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 all right man thank you again all right everyone have a great evening thank you so much thanks for listening to back to your story peace out motherfuckers